right. Well, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. You guys ready for this? Ready. <laughs> let's All go. right, let's go around the let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. We'll start with you, Kyle. Hello, everybody. My name is Kyle Walker. I am the host of a different podcast, Hitting the Wall. That uh, we've mentioned here before. Second time on Timmy's show, so thanks for having me back. Yeah, man. I'm a divorced father too, living here in the uh, Kansas City area. So glad to be here. Sweet, Steve. I'm Stephen Janky. Um, I'm the random dude in the podcast. Everybody <laughs> else has to kind of pertinent, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm a divorced father of four, living in the Kansas City area. I've known Timmy for a while, and you know we get together and trade war stories and horrible advice and stuff like that sometimes. <laughs> so you know, I'm glad to be here too. Yeah, thanks, man. Lance? Uh, uh, Lance Strickland uh, was divorced, father of three, just uh, recently got married again in June. I told, told my wife, I said, I'll have to tell these boys how to do it again, I guess, so they can know how to land a girl. Somebody better. Uh, yeah, I uh, just, you know, Timmy and I have been, kids went to school together. I had followed Timmy for a long time, kind of lost touch there for a little bit, but fascinated by his journey. And so thought I'd get in on the shenanigans and here Sweet. I am sitting at the table with you boys doing the podcast. Okay. I appreciate you guys being here because this is a, a series that I thought about doing called Peckers. Peckers. And we're doing a, a four week series called Peckers. And so each of you guys probably I'm assuming have a pecker. So that's what <laughs> <laughs> that's what got you to hear this show. But honestly I, I wanted each of you here just because you each kind of offer a different perspective and uh, the topics we're going to cover tonight. Uh, as we uh, sip our drinks, it might get more and more interesting as we get <laughs> we get further into the talk. So, yeah, my particular background, one of the reasons I started this podcast was really almost like me doing a journal of my journey away from a re religion. Mm -hmm. And so I often say I've escaped religion and found faith and my relationship to God or the universe or whatever is, has really grown as I have walked away from from the dogma. Uh, of of religion and uh so i you know i did a coming out podcast episode that i i left the evangelical um church and actually closed my church that i had started and uh, rebooted a, a new community group uh, a few weeks ago and so that's up and running called mercy so i'm super excited about that but so what what Kyle? Let's let's start with you. What's Ooh. what's your background spiritually or religiously or yeah i uh, i've always been uh, just american baptist um always here locally uh i was one of those kids that was forced to go to church you know by my mother for years and years and years and years and always sat in the back always never really paid attention was drawing on the bulletin whatever i could do and then finally when i was old enough to you know, make the decision to go or not i just stopped going and so for a very long time i was away from the church completely and uh went found my way back after my divorce through a lot of stories, which I think I told on your first podcast, it's a long one, so I won't dive into it now. But yeah, I, I went to a church and uh, became very disenfranchised with it, uh, or disenchanted, I should say, because what my understanding of what Jesus is, and then what the the capital C church as the whole does, they don't line up. And so uh, I, I've really kind of stepped away myself from the big church. I'm still, I'm still totally down with JC. But the big church is where I, I have a lot of my issues. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've been kind of in and out on the church and religion and just back and forth. And so yeah, that's kind of, that's my journey in a nutshell. Yeah. What about you, Steve? What's been your. I was raised Roman Catholic. I was an altar boy for 10 years. <laughs> we, know, we know how to party. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. Uh, and you guys could drink some too. That's unlike that's the Baptist. Right. Totally. Totally. <laughs> 
But yeah, yeah, I was, I was raised Roman Catholic and you know, I kind of fell away from it as I grew into adulthood. And then I really fell away from it about the time I had my first daughter and, you know, I was not married to her mom and Roman Catholics are not fans of that. And <laughs> so then I kind of reapproached uh, the Christian churches through a Wesleyan church and um, I, they, we did, we, we, they weren't fans of me either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I kind of went my own way for a while. And then I kind of got adopted by some Buddhists when I was working a project out in LA, you know, That's and, uh, you know, they, they taught me a new way and I'm not Buddhist, you know, I'm definitely not, I, um, but, um, you know, I definitely embrace a lot of their principles and, uh, you know, I mean, since then, I, I guess the best description I've ever come up with is I'm a, I'm a optimistic agnostic, yeah, you know, I, like that. I, I don't know if there's something up there. I'd really like to think there is. And I'd also really like to think that if there is, he's a lot more understanding than he's been presented in the past. And, you know, my ignorance might be overlooked as long as I do my best to be a good person and, you know, yeah. live in harmony, help people out and all that stuff, you know? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. What about you, Lance? Yeah, I grew up uh, in the church, fundamental independent Baptist, uh, Kyle, American Baptist. I don't know what the difference is, though. But uh, American uh, Baptist yeah. is known as liberal compared to like Southern Baptist. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, Southern Baptist. They're they're out there. They're the what Dancing with Snakes, Tent Revival. Some of them. <laughs> well, some, I know well, the, some yeah, of them, in the yeah. Southern Baptist so, right, is definitely yeah. like a no drinking, no right, cussing, right, yeah. no masturbation. But yeah. American Baptist is definitely you can drink. Mm -hmm. you can, okay. Yeah. Okay. As yeah. I am right now. That's right. Went <laughs> to, uh, yeah, I went, uh, grew up in the church. Uh, you know, very conservative. Sunday morning, Sunday night type of thing, you know, it was impressed on me. You know, it was important to be there, and a lot of a lot of relationships that I had still from this that church. So, uh, you know, definitely a thing that I look back on fondly. Uh, went to seminary, you know, got my MDiv, pastored for a little bit. Marriage started to fall apart, so I stepped out of the church situation, and then um, got into the you know secular world, going to work and. Really landed at a at a company called Dimdeco, and the owner there was just the best place that I could be because he was someone that took his faith seriously. Not in the sense that he would put the little you know Christian fish on his uh, business card, but you know thought about how the building was designed and how we were designed by God, and you know how much natural light should be in the building, and you know policies. And so there was never anything overtly um, spoken about Christianity, but it was definitely an integration of his faith and. And he actually lived it, lived it and, and really and and kind of saw it as anathema to be, you know, posted on the walls and all that kind of a thing. And so that was just a really good transition for me because it didn't feel like I was leaving what I had worked hard in my education and all that. And then, you know, to, to get a pastorate and then have it pulled out from underneath you because I didn't have things that, you know, at home. Right. Was, um, you know, was was heart wrenching. So in a lot of ways. So. It was just a good place and and really then started to make my journey just not away from I me. Mean, it's interesting. You said, you know, you're a big fan of JC and I don't know where I land still on these mm -hmm. things. I, I definitely have moved away significantly from my conservative beliefs in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, things around homosexuality and sex in general. And but there's a lot of things that uh, I think I said this in the first podcast that you know, my foundation was built on Christianity. And so a lot of things that I probably don't even necessarily think about are, are still there and important to me. So, sure. yeah. So one of the big things that I, I wanted to, to, to have us kind of cuss and discuss here amongst ourselves. So I'll tell you one of the biggest challenges I had with, with particularly the evangelical church um, 
you accept Jesus, you're in, you don't accept Jesus, you're out. Like, that's it. Like mm-hmm. there, there's two kinds of people, the saved and the not saved. That's it. And where I, come, I came to a real crossroad in, in my, in my journey and in my faith, and I could not and can't accept that teaching that you accept Jesus, you're in. And if you don't, so if you're a good, kind, wonderful Buddhist, who's just generous and kind and caring, doesn't matter. You're going to go to hell forever and burn. <laughs> I, I just got like, literally, I was like, there's no way that's the way it is. There's yeah. no way that's the way it is. And if that is the way it is, that's fucked up. Like that's yeah. just, I'm not, I'm not okay with that mm-hmm. teaching. And so that began kind of my journey away from the dogmatic, you know, Jesus is the only way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the father except through him. And the way that was interpreted was what I just said. Um, I don't interpret it that way. And, and clearly, I mean, I'm on a, on a whole nother path altogether on what I think about Jesus and the Bible and God and all that is, is quite evolving. I mean, I'm on a journey, but that particular topic, what, what do you guys think about that particular topic? You, you know, what's interesting is you were sitting there talking about, it, I thought it's kind of like the wizard of Oz. When you said we're on this path, I was thinking of Dorothy, right? And I don't know the story <laughs> real well, but all the characters, right? Have some, right. She, you know, we're probably like, I'm a lion, you're the tin manners, you know, but it's whatever. Our, yeah. There's probably a reason we're sitting here. And the reason I thought about that too, was because when I went back and listened to the podcast that you and I on, cause that was the first one I'd ever yeah. been a part of. So I was just interested. And, um, you know, I thought, Timmy and I have come to this place. I think we're on a similar journey, but you, and I I mentioned, this is more of a question. I think I got there from more of understanding psychologically how the mind kind of works. And then some things along the way of just, you know, hearing this and I'm like, okay. And maybe being open to the interpretation of those things in the past, but probably like that would discount my face. So I'm going to probably not, you know, entertain it. And so started to really kind of entertain more of those things, whether it was more of a natural creation that could have happened in the world, um, some of those types of things, but just really understanding the mind. And then you and I talked about the Sapiens book and, yeah. you know, understanding where, you know, writing and all that didn't come along until a certain amount of time that had already passed. And so, you're, you know, we're already way into our development as humans when when we have such something that's written the way that it is, you know, yeah. and when you understand it, so just little things along the way, but, but you seem to me to kind of lean always toward this um, idea that you couldn't believe that God would, you know, want to put someone in hell that wasn't a good person. And when I think back to my own Christian theology, this, this question isn't fully baked. So I'm kind of rambling to get there, but, <laughs> but as I think of my own theology, I think the God that I want to believe in, I do love the fact that Christianity is not a religion by works. Right. You know, it, it's something about this awesomeness about God that it's like, I don't care what you do. You're never going to be able to do anything good enough to me. You know, so I'm, I freely give you salvation. Now I'm just, I'm right. speaking more theological here. Sure. But when you talk about go- moving away from the faith, that seems to be a landing point for you. And then I'm going to bring this whole thought back around to the Wizard of Oz things. And I thought that's kind of a sticking point for you. To me, it was the psychological piece of it a little bit. You know, Kyle, I don't know what yours is, but I'm curious, is that, am I picking up on a thread there with you that that there is something there? And then how do you, um, how do you uh, align that with the theology that 
it is a salvation by grace. Whether you believe that's true or not, right. I'm sure you believe that if God is God, he yeah. probably is something where you probably can't work your way to heaven. Right. But you that seems to be a sticking point for you. Yeah. I, you know, maybe, well, even, maybe you well, get something out of that is yeah, the question. Yeah, yeah. Well, for, for me, the the even the idea of we, when, it, when I was an evangelical Christian, we would always teach it. I would teach. It's not by works, lest any man can boast. In other words, it's right. it, there's it's not works. But if it's a free gift, because I used to say it's a free gift. You don't have to do anything to earn it. It's a free gift. The hell I don't have to do something. I have to confess with my mouth, believe. And then, then you get into stuff. People say, oh, you don't have to go to church. But there's that shame and guilt. You got to go to church. You got to tithe. You got to do this. You got to do good work. You got to volunteer. You got to do this, that, and the other. I think this is works. I think that I, it's not a free gift because I have to do something to get it. Right. You know, at the minimum, you have to believe that's right. right. Like, so then there is something I have, to, right. which again, that might be like, wah, wah, wah. you have to, yeah. But then it gets into, I was born in America in a Christian family. Right. Like then it gets really squirrely when you talk about what if I was born in some fucking tribe in some random place in the Amazon, yeah. or if I was born in India, I would, would have been probably a Hindu priest. Right. Until I came to the point like, fuck that shit, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, where, where, are you, where are you landed? I mean, where are you at on that? I mean, do you Woo, think I, you, I, you got a bunch of people going to hell or something? You're going to make me follow that up? All right. All right, then. <laughs> what you guys said is interpretation. And it, I equated it last time. If uh, if I opened the Bible and I picked a passage and I read it and then one of them jack wagons from the Westboro Baptist Church read it, they would get a completely different meaning sure. than what I did. Right. So I think interpretation, especially over the time and history of the Bible, this thing has been interpreted a hundred different ways, thousands of different ways. It's been transcribed a thousand different ways. It's been put in a million different languages. I I think that you have to allow for human error in some of, in some of this. <laughs> There's maybe some in a lot shit of this. in there. <laughs> and so, like I like I said on the last time, what I I boil it down, and my religion is so simple, and uh, you guys speak way more eloquently about this than I do. Where it says in the Bible that Jesus is love, Jesus is love, that is good enough for me. Okay, so he's love. He said he tells me to love other people, and that's what I'm going to do. Now, again, the jack wagons at the at the hateful church, they're going to say, well, we hate this person, this person, this person. Okay, well, no, Jesus said love everybody. So that is what I do. You're gay? I don't give a shit. Love you anyway. Yeah. You're black? Don't give a shit. Love you anyway. You're whatever else. Insert other demographic or lifestyle here. And I'm going to love you either way. Now, if you're a serial killer, that makes it more difficult for me, but I'm not perfect. I'm not Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I've boiled it down. I can, I can still totally get behind Jesus and I can get behind JC. And, you know, I think the Bible is probably full of a million different, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe not factual, maybe not the way history actually unfolded, maybe the way people have interpreted it. So you don't think Jonah time. was actually swallowed by a large fish? No, but I think it's a really <laughs> great tale about trusting God, patience. Yes, um, yes. I, I think it's a really great analogy to it, but no, I don't think he was actually swallowed by a whale. Yeah. But no, my, my religion is simple. Jesus tells me to love everyone. I do my damnedest to do that, and that's where I go from there. Now, if we're talking about who goes to heaven and who goes to hell— so we were right at the anniversary of Sandy Hook, the massacre at the Sandy Hook Elementary School. It was either yesterday or it's today. So someone's going to sit there and say, well, all those little kids who were slain in their classroom, they weren't saved, so they didn't go to heaven. Well, I call bullshit. I call bullshit. Well, it says in the Bible, Jesus has a heart for children, right? Has a heart for the young. 
There's no way they were condemned to hell because they were taken out by a mass gunman or a mass shooting. So again, we interpret things. People will tell you, oh, no, you have to be saved. You have to believe in Jesus. You have to do this, that, and the other. Do the works, as you said, or you go straight to hell. I don't buy that for a second. I think Jesus knows our hearts. He knows maybe what we've tried to do as opposed to what actually happened. And I think we're, yeah, we'll be, we'll be judged on our, our day of reckoning or whatever the, whatever you want to call it. But no, I don't think you're just, you know, go straight to hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200 just because you weren't dunked in a tank of water. Yeah. I don't buy that for a second. Yeah. What, what kind of theological background did you come from in the sense of heaven and hell and what it took to get to heaven? Oh, I found out pretty early on I'm going to hell, but <laughs> <laughs> I could have told you that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, you know, you know, I, I, we've been trying to reconcile this for hundreds of years. If you've read Dante's Inferno, you know, the upper arena hell is Socrates and a bunch of unbaptized babies. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is, this isn't a new problem with faith, you know? And I mean, honestly, my view on it is, you know, it's it's easy for us to say if you don't accept God's grace, you're going to hell because we live in a society where that's preached and that's taught. But what what we don't seem to process is most of the world is not that society. Right. And most of the world through history is not that society. Right. And so you're going to have a really hard time sitting here telling me that a God is good if he's going to condemn most of the people he created that never even heard of them right. to hell, you know, that, that, that's not, that's not a spiritual entity you worship. That's one you fight. Right. You know? And so, I mean, I think that if there is a God up there, you know, and he is a creator, then he is a loving God. We, we, we don't hate stuff we create. Right. You know? Yeah, there's nothing that my kids could do where I would send right. them to hell. Absolutely, and, and, and you know what? If we if we do hate it, we quit making it. Right. You know, that's pretty simple. Right. You know, you must have hated the dinosaurs. That's right, man. I, yeah, that's another topic. <laughs> we'll talk about clumsy, that. I mean, <laughs> Whatever the fuck oil. happened to the dinosaurs? <laughs> they pissed off the wrong guy. So I mean, I I gotta accept that you know if there is a if there is a higher power up there and he is a he did create us he must love us. Yeah. And if he did create us and he must love us, he's not going to throw us into some fiery pit for the crime of ignorance. Right. You know, I mean, because if, if if you walk up to the pearly gates and it's, an, it's a quiz on your knowledge of God and your acceptance of God, where do we draw the line? Right. I mean, where do because I've seen I mean, look at Christianity. All right. I've seen some messed up interpretations of what Jesus said. All right. So yeah. what if we get up there and we're like, and you know, that nut job from West Borough is up there. And he right. goes, yeah, I believe in Jesus. He told me to hate the uh, gays and protest these children's, you know, is that guy getting into heaven? I don't think he's reading the same message right. as the next guy, <laughs> right. but they're both Christians that believe in right. Jesus. They're saying they believe in Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, at that point you just slap the name Jesus on anything and, you know, hand out tickets. That's I mean, the thing. I could not, that's it. I couldn't accept that. And then you get into the whole, you know, could you bring up the dinosaurs for me? What was so, and this is in line with what we just talked about. If Jesus is, so if, if, if let's just for a second here, play, play a game here, that that's true, that, that Jesus was God and he came to the earth and he died for the sins of men. That was just 2000 years ago. What the fuck do you do with the people that lived 
a hundred thousand years ago, two hundred thousand years ago, three hundred thousand years ago, and we now know that humans have been on the earth for probably millions of years, but for sure four hundred thousand years. They just found cave art that dates back to four hundred thousand years, and then you get into all the different species of humans: Homo sapiens, Homo erectus, denizens, all that. What the fuck? That's not in the Bible, right? And that's so pre Jesus, you know. And I remember, I remember as a and I want you guys to talk about this because I remember as an evangelical pastor, I've got that brain over here. Uh, as you guys are talking, you said something. And I was like, Oh, I know the evangelical answer. I can say it right now. I don't uh -huh. believe it, but right. I can say it. Right. You know. Well, sure. So what the answer to that is, well, they're in a holding place. And then when mm -hmm. Jesus comes, he'll take those people right. from holding. And which is one like, of my first fucking stupid is that, <laughs> which is one of my frustrations with, with scripture or, or evangelical Christianity is yeah. it, it has to be this airtight system for people to believe in it, which I understand that we as humans don't like to live in ambiguity. Yeah. And so it's difficult, right, for us to do that. And so, but, but it, no matter what angle you play, it's like a chess match, which they've, they've, they're going, they've got a response for you, you know, no matter if it's women in the, you know, can't preach in the church, right? You know, it's yeah. like, there's, I mean, there's, there's a response to every little angle that you could take. And, and I, that, that turns me off. It makes me feel like it's like you don't have a, you know, it's like a sales pitch at that point that no matter, I've been trained so well that at any, every angle, rejection, you, every you'll... Jackson, I got a counter for you right yeah. now. I'm ready. And I'd much rather just live in the tension at times and be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, the, I remember, I remember as a pastor, I didn't, there were times I did say, I don't know, but I typically always had an answer. Right. And because it was kind of expected, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, and so well, what do we do about this? Well, you know, and I'd, I would literally just make up some shit that I maybe heard <laughs> from someone else. It wasn't even biblical. Like right. it wasn't even in the Bible. It was just something that I helped to bridge the gap and make. I made that leap. You know, this is what you do. You know, the age of accountability. Where the hell is that in the Bible? But I taught it. Right. I taught about right. the age of reconciliation. Yeah. What is that? In just in case you guys are listening, you're like, what is, what is he talking about? The age of accountability is when you're born, you're born into sin. And when you're young and you don't know if you die, you automatically go to heaven. But when you reach the age mm -hmm. of accountability, meaning, you know, shit's wrong and you know, yeah. shit's right. Right. It's at that moment, then you are held accountable. And if you died at that moment, you're going straight to hell. Like, I don't even have words for that. Like, I, I hear that now and I'm like, I can't believe I used to teach that, you know, and then I used to believe that. And that was part of, again, my journey away from evangelical Christianity. It was because. There were so many things that I that weren't reconciling at all, and I couldn't say the mysterious things belong to the Lord, which is what I used to say. You know, the mystery that you know that's a mystery, and those those mystery things belong to the Lord. You I know? wouldn't do well with that answer. Yeah, I would oh, not do well with oh. that answer. Well, it was just so easy. It was just this quippy, whippy little thing you yeah. could say. You know, yeah. to just you know, just well, I just the greater truth of God's word. I just trust God's word, like. <laughs> okay <laughs> you know because then you, like you said or one of you guys mentioned about oh you did uh kyle that interpretation yeah you know i have people say well i'm just reading it black and white just as it is oh no I'm you're like, not you're putting oh your my god your biases your yeah, your right. all that is yes. involved and you can't not have all that involved which is a which is an interesting subject that i would like to bat around here a little Let's bit is just the is the our own evolution of god a little bit i uh 
think it was Hidden Brain on NPR that uh, had it. It was a segment called Creating God. And I was like, I listened to this. It was back in a couple years ago. And I was like, this is interesting. And I was like, I'm going to see what this is all about. And it was a fascinating listen on how we as people living in the U.S. or wherever in your culture have evolved in our own understanding of God, meaning that, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, right, it was much more of a punitive God with the the tent revivals and the hellfire and brimstone preaching, right? And 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 then today it's 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 very personal. It's you know, it's a lot of grace and you know, a lot of the that, you know, you know, you're gonna go to hell type of thing. You don't hear a lot of that preached in sermons today. Our prayers a lot of times today are very specific. I mean, the example the guy gave in the podcast was um, he had a little clip from some probably some Christian school principal praying over the morning, you know, God, please give the students the right thoughts to think today and, and, you know, let their studies be known. I mean, it was very specific to testing day at whatever ABC Christian school, you know, and, and that was another thing to me that was really fascinating to me. And I wonder too, if in some ways I've allowed some room for my own evolution of God, because even back when I was much more in the, uh, lanes of staying in the straight and narrow in the lanes of faith back then, I think even seeing from the Old Testament to the New Testament, there might be somewhat of an evolution of God from oh, Yahweh absolutely. to Jesus, right? Oh, even yeah. though, mm-hmm. again, a nicely tightened up button system will allow them to argue, you know, what's going on there, right? That this was a different manifestation of God, but it's the same God. God it's, got saved in the it, New right, Testament. But it's still very, you know, <laughs> it's a very different yes. Old Testament and totally. New Testament. Yes. Again, so that concept of just the whole evolution of God and, you know, how even during our lifetime, not even speaking of thousands of years, but just even in our lifetime, um, you know, how we've seen God from the 50s, Kyle, you and I growing a Baptist, I don't, well, maybe again, they were a little different between Southern and American, but, you know, it was very much about the altar, you know, you led up to the altar call at the end of the, the service and that went on for 15, 20 minutes because people were going to make a decision, you know, and. Yep. We, you know, I remember we were not going to tarry longer. It needed to happen oh. now. You know, if God's pulling at your heart, you know, and and I don't see any altar calls anymore, you not know. Like so just in the way, you know, worship and the models that we use and all these are completely different. And that's an interesting yeah. study for me is just how God has evolved even within my own lifetime, in the culture itself, not just in my own life. Yeah. Well, when we were kids, I remember them teaching. The church I went to, and I went to a Pentecostal church, so we were definitely a little bit on the wild side, speaking in tongues and all that. But I remember sermons from the front. The pastor talked about men having not having long hair, not having earrings. Matter of fact, he said, if you have an earring, that means you're telling the world you're gay. Wow. I remember no tattoos. Mm-hmm. And I also remember this. He actually preached a sermon on no interracial marriages that God said we're supposed to stay with our own kind. Wow. So when you talk about evolution, even yeah. that church that I went to would not. Of course, now yeah, you'd probably be canceled. I mean, you, <laughs> like, you did that. But even now, like with homosexuality, that's come a long way. I was an early adopter and supported gay gay marriage a long time ago before it was before it was almost like you are you a caveman? Like, what the fuck? Like, get up with the times. We're in 2020. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that evolution of things, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what that was taught when you were a kid, but man, yeah, the strictness of of how we were taught is really loosened up. I mean, guys, this is not a joke. The school I went to, the Bible college I went to, there were no TVs on campus. Girls that 
we had a pool. The girls that went swimming had to wear a one piece and a t-shirt. Wow. Um, you could not go to a movie theater. Like you'd be kicked yeah. out. Of course you couldn't drink, of course. Yeah. Um, and any other, like, yeah. And that school is out of business. That school closed. I went and saw the campus and it's like weeds and crickets everywhere. Yeah. Like, good. I'm glad. But, uh, <laughs> but that, you know, it's just like, where'd that, like, how did that, how did that even survive? go as long as right. it did it's like right. it's like stepping back in time right you know he, he brings up in the podcast and this is an interesting topic again i'm just to see what you guys think about it is that as well you and i talked about in sapiens right he said that you know the reason that homo sapiens were able to evolve so quickly was because you know we were able to be much more flexible and agile in our thinking and and we were able to communicate and other groups weren't and so when you can do that you can you know, bond together and you can, you know, grow faster and exponentially, you know, evolve as a, as a species. But um, he brings up the idea of evolution in religion as when you, you mostly find punitive gods in larger societies that need to have more control around the people. And so the idea of just, you know, that's how you can, and, and this isn't anything new. I mean, this is where my mind, ADHD mind goes all over. You know, I, uh, Norm Chomsky's a interesting guy from a, a cultural perspective that I like listening to. And, and he's got, I don't think it was Greenspan, but he's got somebody, some document he brought up of just in the financial world that, you know, when the, when the people get too ruly out there, you know, find something to distract them. And, and I don't remember when it was, I'll get all the details wrong, but but he literally writes, you see it in the document, it's a U.S. document that's out there. And he basically is saying that, um, you know, turn them over to material possessions and put more money into the economy because then they'll just focus on spending money and the things that they don't need and they'll be out of our hair politically. Mm -hmm. So, again, you can just see how things over time have people have used things to control the population. All right. So continuing this conversation, one of the things that, that Lance, you brought up and uh, the evolution, evolution, you, you've said that several times, the evolution of man. So where, where do you guys land on evolution versus creation? Um, I'm just curious. Yeah. Let's, let's riff on this for a minute. Well, we got a lot of fossil evidence and uh, I learned at a very young age, Satan put that there to fool me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was taught that in Sunday school. Final answer. I, I, shit, <laughs> I shit you not. I literally was taught that. <laughs> Fuck. I can't believe people did that. That may be the only thing we all agree on tonight. <laughs> all right, yeah, I told a friend that one time and, and it was funny because he's a very... Uh, Things just are right, and I told him. I said it just bothers me, you know, that, that that people would believe that the devil would put dinosaur bones here to fool whatever. And he said, maybe he did. Of course, he smirked. He goes, maybe he did. But dinosaurs bring lots of joy to children. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it's so, okay. But he said, yeah, okay, so, right. he said so, so the devil fucked up. It backfired on him. <laughs> I was like, it's like Noah's I, Ark, right? Here's this <laughs> flood. God's going to, you know, completely destroy the world. And now we're painting all of our baby rooms with wallpaper with <laughs> Noah's Ark themed stuff. When when you look back on the real story and you're like, something that up wait here. Wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. Right? Another backfire from. <laughs> I wonder if early mammals had wallpaper with like meteorites. Probably. The comet that destroyed everything. Yeah, there's nothing that says like childhood memories like apocalypse. <laughs> 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 
just yeah, preparing that, them for the future is well, what it's you know, doing. A lot there. of that stuff, that that stuff, you know, for me personally, I, I believe in a combination. I don't believe in an either or creation or evolution. I believe in both. I believe that they both exist. Sure. I have a like for me, it would take way too much faith for me to believe that we just came out of nothing and we were in the water swimming around and we actually got flapped out on the beach. Then we're like, Oh, we better grow legs now. And like, like I can't wrap my mind around that, right. but I can wrap my mind around some superior intelligence. And I have some other squirrely ideas that I don't necessarily believe, but I think they're totally within the realm of possibility. Sure. Um, but I'm okay with God coming down and creating man. Um, but then again, that brings up, you know, what, what he created the Neanderthals. What the fuck? What, why do he create them if they were just going to die off? I don't, I don't get that because they were human. So that fucks That's with me. the mysteries of God That's right. or whatever <laughs> your, whatever your out was, the card you the had mystery to Mystery things belong to the Lord. Right. <laughs> Maybe they had Neanderthal Jesus. That, you know? Maybe so. <laughs> That's the thing. We're in loop. That, here's what I wonder. I'm curious what, what Kyle thinks about this. Ruh -ruh. I think that. I think things have come and gone, come and gone, come and gone, come and gone. Honestly, I think that we have been around for millions and millions of years, and each generation has its god, its thing. It's, I mean, the Egyptians had their gods, and then the, the Sumerians, mm -hmm. and they want to forget what the oldest text that we actually have, even Epic in existence. Epic Gilgamesh. Yeah. So the oldest, yeah, and it's a religious text. And it, but it wasn't, didn't talk about Jesus. No, you but know? it talked about a flood story. Yeah, it yeah, did. It did. Yeah, well, it I did. think the flood, that's, I think that's, I think that's, there was a flood. Uh, yeah. I just don't writings. think Noah built an ark, though, but <laughs> I, I think there was a flood. I don't think. I mean, from all the archaeological finds that we did have a flood about 12,000 years ago. But uh, Oh, so we're going to me now? Yeah. Uh, oh, geez. Uh, what do I think about this? <laughs> take a drink. He's like, I'm going to take a drink. <laughs> can, I, can I grab my beer real quick? God. Uh, you, you guys have all done more research on this than I have. I will say that right out of the chute. Just like we talked about the tale of Jonah being a, a great story about patience and whatnot, Adam and Eve can also be a great story about obedience. Now, do I think yeah. we all descended from two people who happen to be named Adam and Eve? <laughs> I'm going I'm to go no. I'm going to go with a, a very okay. soft no. Right. So, yeah, I think there is some creationism, and I do think there is definitely some evolution. The role that... You, you know, God could, okay, so we have our Bible that we interpret the way that we want, and it says that, what, the earth is, what, 2,000, over 2,000? 6,000 years 6, old. 6,000 years yeah. old. Okay, is that the case? No. Is that maybe when people started kind of putting some thoughts to, you know, thoughts to paper? Sure. Yeah, we can go with that. Doesn't mean that's where all of reality began. It clearly, clearly was around before that. You know, and if the Bible's a total fluke, then, I mean, that's the longest con in all of history. I mean, as, as we got a 6,000-year con artist going, and that's good work if you can find it. So, no, I, I do think, and I, I've certainly had those times, as mushy as it sounds, where I've looked at something or heard something or, you know, talked to someone and thought, man, there definitely is a higher power. You know, I mean, this, yeah. I know me, myself, as a man, quote-unquote, a man could not do this shit. So there's a higher power. I think we've probably got the timeline 100% wrong. I think we've got the history completely written incorrectly. There is a higher power. There is some evolution. The earth is probably way older than, you know, it's definitely older than the Bible says it is. And uh, yeah, we just, and, and on we go. I think so much of the Bible is just, it's our interpretation. And going back to, you know, has God changed? Yes, God has changed because we interpret him differently. Yeah. A 2020 millennial 
interprets God very differently than the blue collar dad of 1952. Yeah, right. And, and well said. Yeah, we want our gods to then cater to who we are now. So of course, oh man, God, God is so loving and accepting because I'm doing all this, you know, shady shit. And so he's gonna love and accept me. We're back in 1952. God is going to bust your ass because you are acting a damn fool. And so yeah, we 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 decide how we see God. Yeah. And it's a personal thing. I probably see God different differently than Timmy does, differently than you do. And you and yeah, and I again I can interpret text and be like, oh, okay, no, I'm good. I'm, I, I've read this. No, I'm okay. And someone else is going to read and be like, Kyle, you're going straight to hell. You dumb son of a bitch. Again, so yeah, I think uh, we've changed God to cater where we are in our time and to cater the things going on around us. And we've changed our history to either try and make religion look stupid or to make religion look better. Again, we just, we make this all to cater to where we personally are. Yeah. And part of the thing I, I think, and I'm, uh, I'm curious what you guys think about this, Clearly, and I think we could all agree on this, religion is is a man-made thing. It I is. mean, it's it's man-made. You know, mm-hmm. God didn't, you know, if there is a God, right, assuming that that's the case, he didn't write the Bible. You know, he didn't actually write the Bible and then present the pages to anybody. You know, so when you hear that God did this or God said that, you know, I, I read that now and I go, that's what they think. Because mm-hmm. I've said those words before, you know, God said that God said this, you know, and then you have people that say squirrely stuff, right? God says for me to hold up signs that say God hates fags. You know right. I mean, yeah. or, you know, God told me to kill all my children in the right. bathtub. I mean, right. so I think when we, when we see the lingo that says God said, or God did, you're like, man, that's wild. So God literally swallowed up the earth. Like he did that and swallowed up children and men and women and cattle like god did that or there was a fucking earthquake that opened up <laughs> right. and you're giving the credit to god does right, that make right. sense yeah i'm i'm curious to why we as believers christians people of faith whatever you want to put on that why do we care about why why did we pick up those things to to fight over i mean you know what i mean like is it did somehow it get passed down that if we believe in evolution or the earth's older than 6,000 years or whatever, that it's going to prove that there is no God. And therefore that's the foundation. And if you pull that, you know, I guess I'm just curious to, because I agree with what you were saying. Like it's, I don't, it doesn't have to be Adam and Eve. It, the point is, is that there was a beginning, right? And that's mm-hmm. the whole point of Genesis. And, and it, you know, whether it started with two people or not, it just, it, is that, is that really, really matter is my whole faith built on the fact that there has to be an Adam and Eve or that the worth was created six. Why do we pick up those fights? I'm curious. Well, it's called, what they call the house of cards. You know, it's, yeah. it's like you pull out the one card and it all, like, in other words, I had someone to go, Oh no, you have to believe that Jonah was swallowed by a large fish. If you don't believe that, what else is you going to throw right. out? Mm-hmm. What else is but true? Think about all the other things that we do throw out. Right. I mean, well, you could pin that person right to the wall immediately with that kind of thing. Yeah. But the, the thing is, we as a society, like human race, we've changed in a way in the last 100 years that we never would have anticipated 200 years ago. All right. We are more capable of abstract thought than we are now. And religion has not made that transition yet. Right. You know, I mean, for years, if you said maybe Adam and Eve weren't the first people and there wasn't a Garden of Eden and all that, they'd be piling up branches and they'd be burning you as right. a heretic, you right. know, because the Bible had to be the authority because, you know, for the most part, people weren't capable, first of all, of reading it. 
you know? Right. True. And, yeah. Right. And so, I mean, if, if at that point you weren't just doubting the word of the Bible, you were doubting the word of the church, Yeah. which the Catholic church right. back then in Europe, I mean, it, well, and the, you know, the early Protestants got out there too. They burned some people, but yeah, you know, <laughs> all in the name of God. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. You know, and so what we're at, what we're running into is we have people now, you know, someone like me has exposure to the Epic of Gilgamesh, mm-hmm. you know, 50 years ago, people like me did not, you know, because right. I'm not a college educated scholar. I mean, I've been to lots of college, but uh, uh, definitely not, you know, for that. But so, you know, we're more capable of abstract thinking, but religion is still making that change. Yeah. You know, and if you look at the history of religion, there's a lot of times in religion where wars were fought over a difference in dogma. Mm hmm. You know, and so when when you're willing to tear Europe apart, you know, and, you know, go and, you know, send the Spanish Armada across the channel and all that stuff over differences in dogma, all of a sudden believing every word as it's laid out, that's very, very important. You know, so, you know, honestly, I think we'll see in the next hundred years, a lot of that fade away. A lot of the people, a lot of the people who are very strict literalists of the Bible, they're going to have to swallow their pride at some point. No, they're going to die off. Yeah, yeah, and the in the more well, outside the, the box, all their pride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the more outside the box thinkers will come along. Like we've, you know, some of us have been doing. Not saying we're trendsetters, and there's definitely people along these lines. But I'm I think a trendsetter. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are, are. A trendsetter. You are. Yeah. <laughs> but I think so much of us is, um, especially older religious folks, they want to deal in absolutes, yes or no, mm-hmm. black or white, and there's no room for anything else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of uh, some of the stories that maybe are a little more outlandish in the Bible. People like, no, it has to be right because I have to have this absolute. And then, like you said, house of cards, because if one thing, if one thing is not correct or one thing was embellished or one thing is just a cautionary tale as opposed to actual history, then they're afraid the whole tower falls down. But it doesn't. It no. really wouldn't. It really would. If, if God came down and said, yeah, Jonah was just on the beach thinking shit over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with that because you know what? That was a great story about patience. Thanks, God. I got this. Yeah, right. My, my cards don't fall, but the people who deal in absolutes, theirs would absolutely fall, catch on fire, and then they wouldn't know what to do with anything. Yeah. There's definitely, for me, I believe what is, is. Like, I believe we just don't know it. I don't think any human has it right. I, so, I don't know if you guys have seen The Good Place, the, 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 the Netflix series, The Good Place. Okay, I'll give you just a snippet of it. You guys got to watch at least the first episode of It's a of Ted it. Danson show, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Uh, anyway, the, the good place is basically the good place, heaven. And it starts out with the, the female character wakes up and she's in the good place. Well, she was there. She, her name is the exact same name as a hardcore evangelical Christian. And so she is in the good place and shouldn't be. And the person that, that the, the, and the saint, the, the hardcore Christian actually went to the bad place on accident. They got switched I see. anyway. So she's, she's, you know, called into the office of Michael, the archangel, <laughs> and, which is the Danza guy. Yeah. And so she said, she goes, where am I? And he goes, well, you made it to the good place. And she was like, I did. She goes, holy fart. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, she looked around and he goes, no, you can't, you can't cuss here. She goes, no shot. <laughs> he goes, yep. That, you know. So like every time she tries yeah. to cuss, it corrects it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like immediately corrects it. But anyway, she said, she goes, you know, I, I have a question. Can I ask you a question? He said, yeah, ask me, ask me anything you want. 
she goes, who had it right? Who had it right? Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, you know, the Buddhists had it partially right. The Christians had it partially right. The, the Hindus had it partially right. The Jews had it partially right. <laughs> and then he turns around and there's this huge oil painting of this geeky looking dude. And it, it says Walter. And, she, <laughs> and, he, and he goes, he goes, this is Walter. He said, Walter, while on an acid trip, his friends <laughs> asked him about the secrets of life. And by golly, Walter got it 98% right. So we celebrate <laughs> Walter. <laughs> oh, I awesome. watched it. It's the greatest series ever because it, for me especially, because yeah. this, they make fun of all the shit that I used to once believe. But uh, for me, I think what is, is. In other words, the, the ultimate truth of like whatever really, really did happen, whether it was aliens brought us here, whether we we're on another planet. It was getting ready to blow up and we came here and, and restarted here. Just like we're going to be doing at Mars. I mean, like maybe, maybe, I don't know. And then they came up with the story and whatever, or maybe, maybe the Bible's got it pretty right on. I don't know. I just know that what is, is that's unchanging. The challenge is, is us and evolution and our changing and our understanding and, um, how we look at things and how we perceive things and, and how we're attributing things that, oh, that's God and that's not God and this is right and that's wrong. And, and, and that's the human error yes. mm -hmm. of it. And I think we're trying to define the undefinable. We're trying to describe the undescribable. Does that make sense? Like, I think that, you know, religion is just trying to capture an essence of something that is so far beyond our imagination, our thoughts, and our, does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I think what is actually is, I just, I just don't think that we, we know, but I think like what you said, Lance, we've got to button it up. And there's three primary questions I think that religion answers and why I think religion was created. Where do we come from? I'm very curious about that. Where do we go when we die? You know, people say, well, the Bible says, uh, Great, but no one fucking knows. And then thirdly, what's the purpose of life? And Christianity just sums, I mean, buttons that up easily. Oh, you, you want to know? I can tell you. God created us. Adam and Eve were the first two humans, and God created all this in six, you know, or seven days, and rested on the seventh, yada, yada. And what's the purpose of life? Um, love God, love your neighbor. And then where are we going when we die? Uh, heaven if you know Jesus, hell if you don't. Boom. Drop the mic. Life's figured out. <laughs> that's life's not that easy i don't right. think no i i agree i think that it, it's you know timmy you know i talked about this on the last podcast again because of i'm i'm reading that that sapiens book and i'm fascinated by the concept of just how he describes how again homo sapiens have had they've developed so quickly is because they're able to rally around these what he calls myths I don't like the term so much, maybe just because when I think of myths, I just think it's something that's not true. But he's 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 basically saying that you can't find these things like, for example, the Catholic Church believing in, you know, celibacy. There is no thing biologically you can find a celibacy gene in someone biologically. <laughs> right. But but the church has created this shared story mm -hmm. or myth. He likes to define it that we've all rallied around. And and what you're describing here, you know, at least in our day and age with God is a shared reality that we all that that carries our faith forward right that we go to church every week because 
there is something about being a part of a collective group, but we are because of the fact that our we can go to the grocery store and get our food and and we're not worried about a lion eating us and I don't have to worry about making the fire and all that, you know, all the things that other people generations had to worry about. I can now focus on myself and getting something out of this life that, you know, because all the other, you know, things that I, the, the necessities that I need are just pretty much taken care of. I mean, now it's like, what kind of job do I want to have? And what, you know, all these things, you know, what's the purpose of life? And, you know, what, I don't even think that that's necessarily what mankind always believed in because, you know, again, we, we don't live in an age where we're worried about major floods taking over the earth or some of those things. So our prayers are much different than, you know, keep me alive tomorrow. It's right. more like, how can I get the most out of life? You know? Right. And, and um, you know, I feel bad when I look on social media and everyone else is living a much better life than I am, you know, and I think, yeah. what am I doing wrong? You know, yeah. I mean, this is the world that we live in. Right. But again, I, I go back to kind of tying it back to our earlier conversation. And that is, you know, whether the earth is this, how old it is or all this, all these things are kind of in some ways, these oddly shared myths that, why do they even matter? Like they don't necessarily interpret how I live my life on a day to day. If it's right. Adam and Eve, or it was, you know, Steve and Eve or whatever the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever it was like, I, that's not how I, you know, you, you opened earlier and saying, you know, the, I love is the most important thing, Kyle. And, you know, you live today, you know, whether they're black, they're white, they're homosexual, whatever you just trying to love, like it doesn't interpret the things that we get more caught up around and spend all of our time having these discussions and arguments and debates around it. And we go to church and have these collective small groups around are things that just don't really matter in the day to day living. And that's what Christianity in a lot of ways is, is about, right? Is how you get up out of bed in the morning and and be a productive member of society and you treat others fairly like because they're God's creation as well. And you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But, but I just, it, it's interesting to me when I heard that from, um, Yuval or whatever it is, yeah. the guy that did the, the sapiens book. And I thought, man, the majority of my life and the thinking that I do is about these shared myths yep. that, that are just there to maybe in, increase ourselves as humans to get us further along. And I'm wondering, are those all things that we have that we've gathered around these shared myths within the church just to keep the, the whole collective story going of, yeah. you need to come to church, be a part of this because you know, your life matters and you were put here on the first to do something specific. Yeah. You know what I mean? That again, is just all bad. God's called you. He's called you to something specific. <laughs> you need to figure it out. Yeah. You know, I mean, these are, again, are all shared myths that are today that probably wouldn't have been something that are, you know, on my parents or before them, grandparents wouldn't have not even thought about. Yeah. And you know, the wild thing is, is in, in that book and I'm, whether I agree or disagree, I'm, and I'm a little bit still studying that book, but he says that he believes now is the beginning of the end of the need for religion. Mm. And that as we move forward, that, you know, it was, a, it was such a necessary thing back in the day. And now it's not as necessary. Now, whether that's true or not true, I don't know. But I, th I thought that was just, it fascinated me. It's yeah. like, wow. In other words, now he wasn't saying about spirituality, but he was just saying about really rallying around religion mm -hmm. and that he feels like religion is is on the way out. Uh, spirituality is is useful. Mm -hmm. um, and I find that fascinating. You know, I've, I've, many people have, I've, many people have said they think that within 100 to 200 years, churches will not be really around. And I'm, who knows? I don't know. I think it's going to depend.
Yeah. It's going to depend on how comfortable we stay in our lives because there's that old military expression. There's no atheist in foxholes. Yeah. If we were to face a situation where we are all in danger and give, we're not, we as Americans are the cushiest MFers on the face of the earth right now. If we ever came to a point though, we're fighting for our lives. You know, we don't know if tomorrow will come for us. Where's my rosary beads. Watch, <laughs> watch religion. religion makes a huge rebound yeah. as people faced with their death will want to turn to that higher power, whether it be out of comfort, whether it be out of, tradition this is what i've always done when i feel like i'm in yeah. deep shit yeah i'll be honest and again this is not for dramatic effect and i'll keep the story short 2016 i had my two open heart surgeries on the second one i almost died oh i mean I, I i made peace with god like and honestly when i laid on that bed and i felt i didn't see a light which really pissed me off but the darkness <laughs> the darkness was closing in on my it eyes was getting warm though no, no I, <laughs> I, I i really thought i was done and I, I you know i didn't say well shit i didn't do the things in life i wanted to do i didn't you know say wow i wish this had gone differently differently no i closed my eyes i turned my head to the left and i said all right big man if this is it i'm ready yeah. and that was it it wasn't my time but i'm saying when you are faced with it, when it's right there, danger, death is looking you in the face. All of a sudden you find your religion real fast. Yeah. And so I, I think we we've gotten to this comfortable point in this country where we're not faced with danger every day, far from it. And yeah, people are drifting away, but it would just take that one kind of world changing event. I mean, hell religion was at its biggest in this country back in what world war two. Well, I yeah. mean, dear God, because we were facing the axis of evil. You put that on today's scale, possible nuclear ramifications, uh, the the parking lot of the church will be full. Oh, the the day I remember I was on staff at a mega church down in uh, the Houston, Texas area. And the, the Sunday following 9-11. Oh, I bet. Mm -hmm. I bet you couldn't we seat everybody. We were packed yep. to the rafters. I mean, I would, oh, yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think we saw a 50% jump. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that it, surprise it, me yeah it went from 1,000 people to 1,500 just like that yeah so though i think i want to hear what you guys think that doesn't necessarily make it true mm -hmm. right or not what do you got what what do you think about that i struggle with that because i i think you know again if the maxim that you know we can find truth because we can see it kind of naturally in the world you know, I see you guys here. I can trust that you're, you know, um, you know, but the fact that, you know, you want to argue about whether or not the, you know, the Pope needs to be celibate or something. I mean, that's something we can't prove. Right. right. So I struggle with that a little bit because, because of that, I, I don't know, I'm losing, kind of questioning where I was going a little bit there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll let me come think. back and circle let back me, around to it. Me, yeah, so let me circle back. So around. here's what I think that 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 religion does. It's it definitely it does. I like what you said. It brings comfort. I know that for me, there like I listen. A friend of mine brought up a song, an old old spiritual song, and it was funny because he said, "Man, there was this song." He goes, "It, it had this guy," and I said, "I named the song." You know, it just came <laughs> to me, and he's like, "Man," he goes, "He goes, you can take the evangelical out of the man, but you can't take the man out of the evangelical." Whatever. And we were laughing, and but it, you know, it just came back to me, and 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 I, I I went and looked up the song, and I listened to the song, you know, and of course I was like, "Oh my gosh," you know, I, it it still touched me in a way, but I definitely had a different perspective on it. But I was like, ah, the the comfort and the familiarity 
of that, you know, like singing, yeah. the, you know, like if I launched into amazing grace, you know, probably yeah. all of us would be like, yeah. Oh man, like yeah. something about that yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it all of a sudden ties me to something, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. We, I was listening to Christmas, Christmas music last night with Michelle and, you know, and, and, you know, I had, you know, the traditional yeah, stuff yeah. on, she's like, this is like choir music or chorale, you know? And I'm like, I'm thinking, this is how I, this is Christmas this to is me, Christmas, yes, you know, absolutely. This, and it's like you were trying, yeah. you know, but for her, it wasn't necessarily. And so exactly. it's, it's, it's even the types of music, you know, that can tie you to, you know, a time of how I remember growing up in the church. Mm -hmm. And this was the type of, you know, Christmas music is more choir, like, you know, music. Yeah. yeah. And probably the challenge. Okay. So that something you said brings up a topic I do want to talk about, and that's this. So the part, another part about that Christianity that, that was disturbing to me was that what I believe or what works for me or what I've seen change my life must be what you need to change your life. And I had a friend that was like, you know, I, I know, I know, I know God's real and I know Jesus and I, you know, he's super conservative. And he said, because, you know, I was on drugs and Jesus, you know, took that away from me and blah, 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 blah. And I said, bro, I'm not denying that for you. I said, but I know guys that were druggies that Buddhism, brought them out. I yeah. know guys that, you know, whatever that. So to, to say that you have to do it my way or believe it my way, does that make sense? Like you yeah. are true. Like I, I literally had a guy say this, you, you can't truly live a real life unless you have Jesus in your heart. <laughs> If only I'm folks like, man, could have seen his so face. so many people <laughs> that live life and, and are happy. And I'm like, guess what? You can even be happily married without yep. Jesus. Like, mm -hmm. and that's so weird for me to say because I have said the opposite for so long that there's no way you can have a successful life without Jesus. You think you're happy without Jesus. That's a false happiness. That's, I mean, I would teach that. Yeah. I would say, oh, they'd say they have peace. Oh, that's not, that's a, that's a false peace. The real peace only comes from G. Right. That's the bullshit. Like yeah. that, to, I'm like, that's bullshit. That's just bullshit, you know? Right. And to believe bullshit, it's just detrimental. I can't tell you the number of couples that I know that I've worked with them that, that were virgins when they got married, they were super religious and then it goes south and they get divorced, but they were virgins. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they did what the church told them to do. What do, what do you do? Stay a virgin until you're married. Guess what? Then God will bless your marriage. Right. Yeah, I always remember Ooh. the uh, the the saying, you know, the couple that that prays together stays Stay together. together. <laughs> you know, and I was oh like, my God. and then I, after I, you know, after I got divorced and read on emotional connection and how, you know, and right. I was like, I think you could put any, you know, the couple that hunts together stays together. The couple that goes grocery shopping. I mean, the point is, the point is you enjoy being with each other, right? right? So that's what's keeping you together. Not the fact that you're praying, but I bought into that. You know, it's like, well, we're going to pray together tonight because yeah. the couple who prays together stays together. Then we got divorced. I think couples <laughs> that fuck together stay together. Yes. <laughs> yes, See, uh, I'm almost two years with my girlfriend. It's the uh, couple that drinks heavily together. together. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to come to a real quick commercial break. We're going to come back talking about this brings us right into our next topic. Sex, love, rock and roll, dating. <laughs> Man, on you guys. All right. So we're, we're going to, we're going to button up that first, that first part of this, this podcast talking about spirituality and religion uh, with each of us giving in just a little bit of a, um, maybe a little inspiration or an encouragement or a, a thought to help um, all of us on our own spiritual journeys. And so I'll start with myself. You know, for me, it's 
I like what Jesus said. You know, I'm, I am still a fan of, of Jesus, you know, wh- whether whether he was married or not married or wh- whatever, whether he was God or not God or just a good guy, a teacher. I know he was a Jewish carpenter for sure. Um, but for me, it's what he says about seeking, asking and knocking. To me, that's been my journey. I've been in pursuit of the truth because I believe the truth will set you free. I believe that. Not just what I'm told is true or not just what I, you know, believe to be true, but the truth, the real truth will set you free. And so I am on a journey right now of seeking truth. And in my journey is one of, I, I believe there is a God. I believe there's something out there and I want to know more about this, you know, um, this higher being God or whatever. Uh, I'm in pursuit of that. And, and, and in that getting to know myself as well, and also contributing to the world around me. And I, I said this before we came back on here live and the guys were like, turn the, turn the mic on. <laughs> so for me, you know, I've had people in the religious world think that I'm now like the prodigal, you know, I was an evangelical pastor and now Timmy's left the fold and we're praying for you. I got an email the other day. Someone says, Hey man, I know you're on your own journey and I'm praying for you. I'm like, of course, you know, I'm like, thank you. I appreciate it. But what you're praying for isn't ever going to happen because you're praying that I'll like see the light. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the reality is for me, I feel like I am seeing the light and, and not that anywhere other than someone else. For me personally, I, I have more peace in my heart. I feel more compassion and love towards people. And I am genuinely content and happy in my heart. And so for me, I just continue to follow peace. So, you know, my encouragement to those listening, um, you know, all these ramblings of what we've been talking about, I, for my end, I'd button it up and say, man, seek, ask, knock, and pursue truth, you know, and, and take whatever journey that takes you on and uh, see where it winds up. For me, it's been good. All right. Well, like I said at the start, you know, I, I do have a love for JC and uh, I know I probably come across as a little cynical in this uh, and I'm sure my mother would probably want to beat me upside the head <laughs> after listening to this interview. But no, here's the thing. Like I said, Jesus is love and Jesus tells us to love everyone else. And for me, that's that's good enough. And so I, I love on everyone that I possibly can. I admit that I'm not perfect. Uh, yeah, and I, I rag on the church a little bit only because I don't like mega churches. I don't like high paid pastors that you know can't relate to someone who's making under six figures. That's actually a quote from a pastor that I know personally. Wow. He doesn't understand people who make under six figures a year. That's unacceptable in my world. So yeah, I I don't like the the four walls and a roof, and I don't like these pastors who maybe have lost their way. Let's say uh, there's a buddy of mine, and I'll call him out by name. His name is Joe. Joe and his family might die penniless because he's never made even a remotely decent living as a pastor, but that guy loves Jesus more than anyone I know. He is going to do good works until the day that he dies, and he doesn't really give a shit if you are gay or straight or Christian or Muslim or whatever. He's going to love on you no matter what, and that's that's one of the people that I look at when I look at someone who is spiritual and who believes in God and believes in Jesus and believes in the Bible, but he does it right. And so there are the people out there that do it right. And so I look at people like him. I look at Pastor Dan, who uh, had a profound effect on my life, again, different story for a different day. So whatever, wherever you are in your journey, and even if you've stepped away entirely, love. Jesus is love. He says to love other people. And that is where I start and end with my religion. Cool. Oh, uh, 
for me, I mean, my take it goes is, back to the epic at Gilgamesh. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I think that's what I'm here for. But, uh, you know, to me, though, what, what it comes down to is that the truth, whatever it is, is going to be so huge. Nobody's going to have it all. We're all pulling yeah. at strings around the edges. So, I mean, I've always said, take truth where you find it. I've had life altering conversations with Muslims, with Buddhists, with Christians, with atheists, you know, and that's that's why I'm not willing to say I'm an atheist. And I'm, that's why I say I'm an optimistic agnostic. You know, we find kernels of truth and we accept them, hopefully. But, uh, you know, to me, I mean, my exposure to the Buddhists, communist, it changed my life. You know, I was an angry person and, you know, it, it changed my life, you know, and I and, you know, they're the teachings on acceptance and suffering really saw me through my divorce and saw me through so many struggles in life that I can't sit here and ever say that's wrong. You know, at the same time though, I was raised with Judeo-Christian ethics and for the most part, they've served me right, right as well. You know? So, you know, I, I think my big takeaway is find truth that makes sense to you. And love everyone along the way because we're all just looking for the truth, you know, and we we don't know what it is. You know, right. I mean, honestly, the bits of truth I find might have been put there by Satan to fool me with the dinosaur bones. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the triceratops are so cool. <laughs> I don't even know where to go. After that. Oh, my God, I love it. Yeah, go ahead, Lance. Follow that up yeah. if you would. Go ahead. <laughs> Should have gone for me. Yeah. That's what you get for yeah, point. That's true. That's true. Get it. And uh, now Lance. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, I build on just a, a, what you all said. And, and, you know, I think for me, the, the thing that I see amongst us is this, this real desire to want to know, you know, as I'm, you know, you were saying, you know, that, you know, your mom would be disappointed and, you know, my mom <laughs> would be too. And, and, but the thing that I could stand in front of my mom with a clear conscience on is just to say, I'm not trying to like, you know, go out and live some alternative lifestyle or licentious that, you know, way of living that that allows me just to do whatever I want and I'll make God into whoever I want it to be. Like I'm really seeking after him. Like I'm not I'm no longer, you know, I feel like I'm this is not the right way to say it, but I'm no longer bound by this Christian contract that I had to live in a certain way and it's like I don't want to step outside of that, you know, or question it's like I feel like I'm on my own now and a free agent and can think on my own, but I'm very much seeking the truth. And I'm not trying to just, you know, go out and create a God on my own in some way. That's why I said earlier, you know, I think for me, a lot of my faith is always going to come back to my Christian theology because that's just core within me. But I've deviated from some of that. And I I like that because I feel like for the first time I can let go of some of the shame and things that I've that beat me up, you know, internally, um, on some things. And, uh, Grant, you had on the pot, you know, he, he was tremendous help with me, um, was a therapist for me during, you know, my divorces and things. And, and, you know, just a lot of the stuff that I, that I did beat myself up on, I can, I can let go, but I'm certainly not just trying to create Lance's God in my own head and it goes anywhere I want. It's, I really am trying to find the truth out there and, and live within that. Yeah, that's good. Well, guys, I really appreciate that that talk on on religion and spirituality, and I hope everybody listening today, uh, you know, through all the fun stuff we've shared, that you know, you find peace with your own journey, and as much as you can get rid of all the shame and the guilt that that often comes with um, r religious 
in a pro in, you know incorrect religious teaching to be able to let go of it and just you know things are just things are and and sometimes we make mistakes and sometimes we get it right and and I think it's all part of the human experience. All right, so the next part of our our podcast here, I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about sex. I want to talk about love because we've all you know been in love, and then we've been out of love, and then we've dated. You know, I mean, it's a shit show. And uh, we could probably talk about masturbation in here somewhere too. <laughs> uh, so you know, all of us have been married and divorced. Um, I was actually, I'm I'm curious just so people can get a context for this. So I was, I was married 25 years to, to one person. What about you? Uh, I was married. Uh, let's see. Uh, we were technically married for seven together for 11 high school sweethearts oh. uh, and have now been divorced for almost 11 years. Okay. I did 10 years on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> it sure feels like it, doesn't it? 16 years for me. 16 years. Yeah, All actually, right. and then, you know, to be fair, I, I had a, I got married twice, um, came out of my uh, first marriage, you know, just in a bad place, um, you know, fell in love with another girl and it was just a complete contrast to what I had. But, mm -hmm. but, you know, everybody will tell you, you know, you know, you're, you, you're probably not ready. And I'm like, it's just nothing wrong with this relationship, you know? And then we got married and there was a lot wrong because, you know, the old Lance was still coming back out. And, and I learned more coming out of my second marriage. It was only for a short eight, seven, eight months, but I learned more coming out of that marriage than I ever did from my first, because it was no longer allowing me to blame my first, my ex, right. you know, which yeah. is the mother of my children and all that. But, but it was like, okay, this is happening now twice. I think Lance, I you're the only the common denominator here. So, so I certainly went on a big journey Maybe at that point. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me, and it was me. And, and but I, I grew, I grew a significant amount out of that. So, it's one of those things where you know, I think both of her and I would have said we shouldn't have gotten married. You know, the second time. Um, I don't know where she landed. Uh, you know, in her journey and, and growth, but. But for me, I, I, it was a, you know, I wish that I wouldn't have gotten married, but I think without, if I hadn't have gotten married, I'm going way too deep into this, but if I hadn't have gotten married, I don't think I would have, it would have just been like, that was just a relationship that didn't work out. And I'll yeah. just move, you know, because yeah. you don't spend the time looking deep within yourself. I mean, maybe you do a little bit when you get a little bit older, but a lot of times when it's just a relationships, it's just like that yeah, one wasn't meant to be comes and goes. But the fact that we got married and it was divorced again, I never thought I would get divorced the first time. Now that I was divorced the second time, I was like, I got some real shit that I need to work on here and figure out. And, yep. and, and I went deep that time and I'm, I'm, you know, grateful for it. Yeah. And yeah. now, now that I'm married again, it's, it's paid off huge dividends. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. And I, I figured that all of us had been married for like a decent amount of time. It wasn't mm -hmm. like, yeah, I was married one time for a year. Yeah, no. We had it, we had it annulled. Right. An old. <laughs> yeah, Elvis married me. Um, so, okay. So, uh, you're, Lance, you're married currently. So, you've, you've gotten married now. Um, so, for us three, we're dating, but you're dating someone. You have a girlfriend. Yes, uh, we are almost two years okay. uh, that we've been dating. Her name is Sarah. Cool. And so, shout out if she's listening yeah. so that she doesn't wallop me with something, <laughs> which she definitely could. So, yeah. So, yeah. I'm curious, how was the, so, you know, both of you, Lance, you dated, right? You dated around. Oh, lots, I'm yes. curious. And we met uh, online. Yeah. Oh, you was guys she, met. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to ask is how'd you guys meet? Yeah. Yeah. Met online. Which I, one? Which app? Uh, match. Craigslist. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Back, yeah. Backroom.com. Oh, the personals. The, personals. <laughs> the Kansas City Star. It was back in the, yeah. 
Yeah, I, uh, I always tell the story. Um, you know, I tried to always read the profiles and, you know, Bullshit. <laughs> that was, that was this layer two. You're right. After the first layer, I had to get through the physical, but yes. Um, and then I was, you know, Michelle had something in there around, uh, she's in journalism. And so she's, uh -huh. um, so she had something around words. And so the moment we started talking, I said, you know, I was going to, the only words I knew that were fancy were in the P category. I said, what's your favorite P word? You know, pugnacious, pedantic. You know, I had a, I had a few That's ready awesome. to go. And so that was our banter. And she loved that. And, and it, we just hit it off. And, and which app was it again? I forget. Match. Match. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so the paid one. He paid. Yeah. Oh, you paid. Pain yeah. makes a big difference See, in the dating world. Really? Oh, I totally agree. agree. Oh, yes, I totally agree. This is some yeah. good shit. So, yeah. okay. You okay, did the pay. Now, you met Sarah on the page. Oh, uh, no. Now, see, I did. Oh, <laughs> I, hold on, hold on. You got to remember, I've been divorced. They were set up at church <laughs> because of God willed it. Yeah, well, you know, why she likes me is that mysterious God's will thing that I will never, never understand. So, no, uh, you got to remember, I've been divorced. I was divorced for, you know, nine and a half years when I met Sarah. Oh, so I, I did my time, yeah. shall we say. The only, let's say, well, not only, but the majority of actual quality dates came when I paid for the service. When I'm swiping right mm -hmm. on the bullshit, mm -hmm. you never know what you're going to come up with. Now for Sarah, we met on the OkCupid, okay which is not your standard swipe left, yes. swipe right site. It's a, li a little, very little yeah. bit more in depth. So and that's the only person I ever talked to off that site was her. Wow. So, you know, there kudos to the Cupid site. But yeah, you know how it is. It's a meat market on Bumble and on Tinder when you're just swiping. And kudos to you. You read the profile. You're my hero. <laughs> I didn't. Hot, hot. Yeah. Oh, fugly, hot, hot. And that's how we all do our Tinder. And yeah. so, yeah, no, you you find way more quality when you actually pay for it because it shows it shows the young ladies on the other side you're serious. Yeah, yeah. In any schmo, and including married ones, you dumb motherfuckers. Yep. Are out there swiping right on single yeah, sides. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you guys. Oh, I've got I got stories I could tell about you dumb shits. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> uh, no, I busted a friend of mine doing that shit a couple of years ago, oh, no. and his wife's awesome. She's a chore, but she's awesome, and he's out there trying to get some strange. I about whooped his ass. Anywho, I digress. Uh, yeah, so no, uh, pay sites. Yeah, if you guys are looking for it, and I'll, okay, here we go. Success story. My buddy Scott, he went to match. He got on match, and he has been lifelong single. He was not going to have sex out of wedlock. He was going to wait till he found his wife, and this guy's 35 years old, okay? So kudos to the him. He went and did a professional photo shoot. He put his professional photos on match. He and Lauren have now been married for over a year. I was in their wedding, and they are the two cutest MFers you ever seen in your life. That's awesome. And they seem happy as pigs and shit. I love yeah. those two. Yeah. They're great. So, yeah, that they did it, I would say, probably 100% the right way, and it has been nothing but roses for them since day one. That's cool. So, That's cool. I, so, I, I, I was dating a girl, I realized, just to, to confirm what you're saying, we dated, had a connection. She was super busy. She had her own little business. And so it was one of those things where it was like, I was kind of like, you know, hang out. She, oh, I can't, I got, you know, or she's like, if you want to come up and hang out with me, basically to kind of help her while she's working. Cause she was, you know, and, and I was, that's what our dates turned out to be, you know? And so we, you know, it ended, you know, kind of just, you know, dissolved and everything. And I'm not kidding. You know, it was probably a month later and I'm back on because I'm, I was right. You know, I'm wanting, and I see her out there and I'm like, what you, 
we had a connection, but you just don't have the time. And what I realized at that moment was when people they're sitting around on a Monday or a Tuesday night and they're mm -hmm. bored yeah. and you can get on the free ones just like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. They're not ready to date at all, but they're in an emotionally bankrupt place on that night and they want a little bit of stimulation Absolutely. so they can get they on Tinder and they, yeah. they want some attention yep. and they get on there real quick. And then there are guys like guys like me are out there and I'm, I'm serious. excited and yeah. serious about it. And what I found is when you put the people out there that are willing to put up the money, mm -hmm. those people aren't just out there feeling lonely on a Monday. Yeah, there may be a few here and there, but they've yeah. settled in and said, I'm going to make a commitment to this. And that's the difference between me and the free and the paid sites. Oh. Okay, I'm, I'm going to bounce off this. Let me tell you one horror story, and it's a quick one. Okay, so this was years and years and years ago on a free app. We're swiping and bullshit, matched with someone. We chatted, you know, texted for a little bit, agreed to meet up. Drinks were flying. One thing leads to another. One of my very few one night stands post divorce. Yeah. You know, even added her on Facebook because I'm like, okay, well, I know that's not how first dates normally go, but we're going to continue on and blah, blah, blah. On Facebook, one week later, she puts a post up there. I can't believe I've been married to the love of my life for one year now. Her husband was working, was on travel work, and got on there to just get some strange. I I flipped my shit oh my see gosh. i my marriage ended because my ex had an affair oh. so then i was somebody's yeah. i was the tool yeah. that somebody used to cheat on their spouse i can't i can't put into oh. words how bad i felt oh. i felt just miserable i didn't technically do anything wrong right because yeah. you didn't I, know i right. didn't yeah. know but i felt like the world's yeah. biggest you asshole felt like an accomplice on oh, a crime my, oh i I unloaded on her. I was going to say, did what you? did you do? Oh, I unloaded. I mean, at that point, like I had sent a text. She didn't respond. So I blew her up on Facebook Messenger. I tried calling because I was just, yeah. I was livid. Were you wanting to let him know too? Or were you like, nah, I don't want to mess up that? I, it crossed my mind. But then you're asking for some serious yeah. shit. Yeah, he'd come you, shoot your ass. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't feel like dying at that point. <laughs> a few months earlier, yes. But not, not at that yeah, point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so no, I absolutely got used off the free site just to be somebody's weekend entertainment while their husband was traveling to work, you know, for work to make you oh, know, their family some friggin' money. Man. So yeah, that was not one of my prouder moments. Yeah. And this was ages ago. I was still pretty fresh in the single world yeah. off my divorce. And so, of course, I was a hot mess anyway. Yeah. But that didn't help. You know, that so, didn't help. So the wild thing is, so I do weddings, as you guys know. I, I do 80, what, I don't think anybody on... <laughs> Anybody does more weddings than I do now that I'm really thinking about it. But I do probably 80, 90 Elvis weddings does. a year. Right, Elvis. That's actually true. Elvis <laughs> Elvis in, in Las Vegas. So I do about 80 weddings a year. And it's funny, when I ask people how they met, it it really is uh, uh, very diverse. Like people, how'd you meet? Tinder. How'd you meet? Bumble. How'd you meet? Hitch. How, or uh, Hinge. How'd you meet? Okay, Cupid. How'd you meet? Match. How'd you meet? E-Harmony. That doesn't meet? sound diverse. Uh, so, well, yeah, it's then, all that online the, shit. It's so, all the well, online. On the online, there's all, mm. no, there's all the different sites, right? You know, the paid ones and the free ones. And then how'd you meet? We were at a bar. How'd you meet? My friend introduced me. Or how'd you meet? Well, you know I mean? Yeah. There are literally as many people that there are in Kansas City is how people can meet people. So I find that fascinating about the, the paid sites because, you know, I'm single and I've done online and then I'd like, fuck this shit. This is yeah. bullshit. And yeah. I get it's off awful. there. Yeah. It's awful. Um, I I like Bumble just because it yeah. seems to be a little bit more of a professional crowd. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, I like that we can match and then the girl needs yeah. to respond, you yeah. know, first, um, which is fine. And I've, you know, I've had, I've had some, um, you know, I've had the, 
the hookups, the meetups, mm-hmm. the, you know, I've, I've had that fun. Um, you know, I went through the phase of, of hookups and then I went to the phase of the friends with benefits and, you know, now I've entered into a phase of, you know, okay, like I'm a year past my divorce, a year and a half since moving out. Like I'm, I'm ready to, yeah. you know, maybe start allowing my heart to be more available and, and all that stuff. Um, but the, but the, and I want Steve to comment on this too, that you're in trouble. It's now. just, you know, I like what you say. I almost wonder if the free sites, like, I can't tell you, I, I'll show you, I'll show you guys when we go to a break. I'll, Cause I keep can translate through podcast. I'll show you my phone. I've got like 50 matches, like 50 girls that, that we're, we're talking and, and not constant all 50. Cause that'd be a full-time job. You what I mean is sheet. like, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Like there's yeah. a little bit. And then it yeah. just, it goes cold. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck are you on here for? So now like I have a message that when I match, if it's Tinder, then I just say, Hey, I'm glad we matched, uh, yada, yada, you know, a couple of funny things or whatever. Let's meet, let's meet for coffee. Mm-hmm. And that's a key. Yeah. I'm like, I you gotta have a want low a fucking online. I don't mm-hmm. want an online relationship. I don't want a texting buddy. Right. I'm not looking for some virtual fucking anything. Like I want to meet in person and see, cause I don't want to talk to you for a month. And right. then I meet you and it's like, you're but not, you can't make all. the rookie mistake and do a dinner because oh, no, you, I did not do that right. anymore. You got to do a low, right. You got to do coffee or something that you can kind of like, you'll go broke doing that dinner. Shit you'll every do time. Oh, oh, you'll go broke dinner right. and drinks. Cheer. But yes. then you're like, you get there. <laughs> yeah, I can't turn, afford that. Yeah. You turn, it didn't turn out like you thought it was going to be online. You're like, you're looked in for an hour and a half at dinner oh, or yeah. coffee. You Fuck can kind that. of, you know, weasel your way out 45 minutes, 30 minutes after or whatever. Yeah. That's so key. I had a girl. I had a girl actually, she said, she said, no, I won't do coffee, but I'll do dinner. And yeah. so I was like, you know what? Fine. I was like, I said, fine. If you want to buy. Whoa, she, she never commented back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you tell them you're going Dutch. Yeah. That means I'll pay for mine. You pay for but yours. I'm with I, you, I, though. I don't want the, I don't want to sit there. Two hours. No. Swedish. Yeah. Swedish. No. So, I mean, I, so I start with coffee. I, for me, unless I have, met you and kind of know you, then it might be a little different. You know, if yeah. it's like a friend circle and it's like someone's introduced, it's whatever. Yeah. But if I'm like, I swiped on you, you swiped on me and we matched. I am not meeting you for anything other than just coffee mm-hmm. or honestly a walk through the park. Mm-hmm. Like, Especially a wooded dark park. No, excuse me. Whoa. <laughs> oh. Letting out your trade secrets. I, I, said, I had a girl say that to me. I said, hey, we can just go through a walk through the park. She goes, oh, you want to take me to a park where it's wooded? <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus. Well, you could take her to that glass museum at the Nelson Atkin and just watch him bump into walls <laughs> yeah. the whole time. Enjoy your pinball, bitch. That was cool. So what about you? What, what, have, what have you used or what do you do? What's your secret, Steve? Oh, bloody hell, this is why I'm here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> set up uh, the secret yeah. to success baby i really love technology and think that like algorithms and all that do amazing things and that being said i will not date online i, yeah, I yeah. can't do it man i i tried it for like two weeks mm-hmm. like two, two years ago then i tried to get in the spring and i mean i'm sitting there and i'm swiping i got no fucking idea you know, I'm sending messages out. There's messages coming in. I'm trying to get a spreadsheet going. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> this cannot be the way this happens, yeah. you know? And then I started meeting people and they had spreadsheets going. So, you know, I'm sitting here and I don't want to put any capital in it because I barely know, you know, I, I'm, I'm not even sure if like the name on their profile is a real name yet. You know, oh, right. I mean, yeah, you right. don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, right. I, don't, I don't know shit about them. They don't know shit about me. We're scoping each other up over a cup of coffee. And we're asking the same stupid fucking 
Oh, right. We're yeah, asking, yeah. Okay, we're yeah. asking the same stupid fucking questions every time. Like, the get to know you, you know, questions. The get to know you. And they're yeah, the dumbest, yeah. low worth, low effort questions yeah. I've yeah. ever heard. You know, what three books shaped your worldview? If you can go anywhere on vacation, you know, I'm like, yeah. What's your favorite color? Right. Uh, yeah. And I'm colorblind. I don't know. You know. <laughs> so, I mean, after like two weeks of like online dating, you know, I, I learned like I don't like online dating and I started carrying lock picks everywhere I go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because there's That's some cool. fucking weird people out yeah. there. <laughs> Wait, to be fair, though, you're one of them. I am absolutely <laughs> one of them. But, I, you know, I'll own it. I got, go. I, I got it printed on my lock picks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> for, for Ward. But, you know, the, the thing is, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't do – I. I can't talk to 50 people at once. I can't talk to five people at once, you know? I mean, just for me, I like to do the honest effort, get to know them, you know, mm -hmm. one at a time, you know? And, you know, I mean, I've met people at functions from online things. Um, I've been in Facebook singles groups. And in the entire time I've been there, I think I've slid in a total of one DM. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at the online thing, you know. People Slide like new DMs, baby. I yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it happened once, you know. But yeah, and people are like, oh, well, these people are liking everything and commenting everything. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? So does my mom, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I, I don't do well in that ecosystem. So I like to get out, and this makes it hard with COVID. Yeah, but yeah. I do a lot of charity work. Fuck COVID. You know, I do a lot of charity work, and I do. I do a lot of getting out and stuff that, you know, interests me and I do interesting stuff. And, you know, and, and the thing is that helps me develop also. Yeah. I'm, out, I'm looking for people that do stuff. And that's a huge thing I found out online. Most people who are in the online dating, from what I found out, their hobbies consist of online dating, Netflix, <laughs> and Spotify. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's a great point. Yeah. You know, if you're so, online dating, you don't have time for anything else. Right. You've got 50 people <laughs> right. blowing up Here's your phone. the other thing you got to think about when you're online dating, all right? The, the chick that just swiped whichever way is yes on you, yeah. there's like a 70, 75% chance she was sitting on the toilet when she picked you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so here's what's wild. So I found this to be true. It means she's already thinking of me while she's naked. That's right. <laughs> and pooping. That's right. <laughs> Speaks to our found, relationship. <laughs> I have found that from, the, from, from a male standpoint, because you know, I'm heterosexual, so I'm swiping on women. I, maybe I'm, I'm going to try to be conservative here. 70% of the females are robots, either mm. robots or they're cam girls or they're Instagram social media elites mm. uh, or they're only fans girls. And again, no judgment to those girls. I even say, hey, I go, I get the vibe that you probably have yeah. an only fans page. Like, are you just looking for subscribers Follower. or followers or are you actually dating? And I had a girl actually respond back. She goes, you know what? Thank you so much for your the way you worded that. Because I said, hey, I don't judge you. I'm just curious. Yeah. She said, no, I am I am actually on here to get, you know, followers. Do, get followers on yeah. my OnlyFans page. Um, yeah. That's frustrating. Yeah, Which, that was it was but I, I she appreciated my kindness about sure. it rather than you fucking bit bit, you know, like right. she gets a lot of that. Right. Uh, so so she responded honestly. And I was like, but you know, what it did to me was go, well. Fucking a though, like because it was Tinder. It was Tinder. Well, well, yeah, well, it was Bumble and Tinder. I've mean, oh. seen it on both, but it's like, okay, I get that you're trying to grow your business. This is a dating site, mm -hmm. meaning you should only be on here if you're wanting to date, not if you're wanting to build your Instagram mm -hmm. or whatever. And so I, I struggle with that because I'm all into guerrilla marketing. I'm, I get it. I get it. 
and it's working for them. Yes. You know, I know some girls and they've told me, they said, yeah, I get most of my guys from Tinder. Or most oh, yeah. of my, so I get it, but it, it's just, it gets frustrating, you know, and, and, and I haven't done the paid sites yet because honestly, I know that is more serious and I'm, it is. I'm, I'm just now getting to that stage where I'm like, okay, my heart is, is yeah. available for that. Uh, so I've considered that, but I'm also, you know, I'm out I pre COVID mm -hmm. and post COVID here shortly. Uh, I will be out and about more like I mm -hmm. was. Um, but when COVID hit, I was just fresh, kind of fresh out of my, yeah. my, my heart was still really raw. Um, so I would much rather do what you're doing, Steve, mm -hmm. which is, you know, meeting people in the real world as soon as we can get back. out. I, there. I matched up with a, um, I think I, I told Michelle this, I said, I never would have swiped on this girl because she kind of looked like a little bit of a stripper. Yeah. But I was so curious mm -hmm. just to see, like, would I match with her? But I knew that I wouldn't swipe, boom, hit the match. You know, I was like, uh, what? I was like, I got some game. <laughs> so ended up talking, and immediately, she, right out of the gate, she was looking for a baby daddy. I mean, oh. she was basically, she said, I'm looking to have a baby with someone. I was like, <gasps> I'm like, yep. this went from crazy to really crazy fast. Yeah. Um, but That's I thought that was interesting, but, it, but two dynamics that I think it'd be interesting to get you thought your guys thoughts on one I read was online dating breaks down some of the socioeconomic and, and boundaries that normally would have been a play, right? Like I never would have met Michelle because the fact that, you know, she's in a, we just, our paths wouldn't have crossed. Yeah. And I'm interested in that dynamic about social or online dating, because it does broaden your world away from church and some of these other common areas that you would have you normally met people in. Yeah. All right. Welcome back to the Timmy Gibson show. We're going to give now a few encouraging words about dating because it's such a shit show. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I, I, you know, I work as a date coach and I run a singles page on Facebook called Casey singles mixer. We have like 3,600 members. Wow. So it's a very successful group. Um, and you know, ironically, and, and Steve can attest to this cause he's on, in the group as well. A lot of people are fucking jaded as shit. <laughs> And so, um, you know, here's my little tidbit about how to, how to enjoy dating. Number one, I think the most important thing is be ready for what you want to do. Meaning for me in the beginning, I wasn't ready for anything except hookups. That's all I was really available for. And then, you know, it progressed and it, it is where it is now, but I feel that most people are looking for the right person and they're not the right person. In other words, it's not so much about finding the right person. It's about becoming the right person. So, you know, I teach now, uh, listen, you gotta, you got, you have to be okay with you. If you don't love yourself, you for sure can't love someone else and you can't even receive love until you really get your own shit together. So outside of some advice that we might throw out is what, you know, what helped you Lance with your, your third and wonderful marriage and the girl that you're with now and you finding Sarah, you know, what, what has helped you Steve and your, your dating, you know, where have you found there to be success, you know, where have you found that's a failure for me? And that's not a good a path. Um, you know, some of you say online, yes, paid online, better, mm -hmm. uh, meeting people at the grocery store, mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. So any thoughts on some, some advice if ish that we would give those that are single? I'll kick us off. Dating? I think, uh, Steve said it earlier in the last segment, you know, you said people to do online dating, you know, what are your hobbies? And they're like, you know, online dating, <laughs> And, you know, when Twitter came out, you know, I remember 
you know, I, I, I found Twitter interesting, you know, this was what 10 years ago or something, whatever it was, but someone said, you know, and I've always remembered this, if you want to be interesting on Twitter, then you need to get out and live an interesting life. Yeah. You know, people that are interesting are just sitting at home on their computer tweeting all the time, right? <laughs> They're out living this interesting life and the tweets just come out as a manifestation of that, right? Yeah. And I think the same thing in, in you know, again, Steve, you, you're, you're the expert here and I'm giving you all the love and the credit. But, you know, I think that he, he brought up the fact that, you know, you said getting out and doing the things that you enjoy. Well, Timmy, you just hit on it, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I think that's the big key, right? Like you've got to, You've got to be intentional about getting yourself out into some of the things that you enjoy. And then they'll naturally going to, you're going to make some connections because yeah. your radar is up and you're kind of looking for that. But you're not, you know, doing if you want to join a bowling league or if you want to learn how to, you know, sew or whatever the, <laughs> I'm trying to think what are the, whatever crafts that people like doing, you know, uh, beer tasting, whatever you know, going to the singles group, the thing that you're talking about, like it, you know, it, it takes two things. You've got to have, you've got to think about what's the life that you want to live because you're now in a position, if you're in a divorce situation to start over yep. and you get to write a new chapter in your life and you get to think about what do I want my life to be like? And then go out and start creating that life. And that's yeah. what I always say to people is, is, you know, go out and create what you want. And, um, and I think then, you know, be interesting, but I think then the, in those two situations, you'll end up finding somebody that'll come along and, and it works out naturally, but you just enjoy it. And, and a lot of times I'm friends with people that I met online and, and still friends with them on Facebook. Like you end up meeting friends and that kind of grows and then you're out with friends and, you know, it's just kind of a weird, weird circle, but in the end it, it all turns out. But, you know, I think just looking at your own life and thinking how to, what's the life that I want to live and and be interesting is a real key. And then the last point is just, you've got to be courageous. Like everybody oh, out absolutely. there is scared just like you are. And you know, if you just say something hi, don't be weird, whatever. But if you're out doing something natural, you can come up with a natural conversation usually, but you gotta be a little bit courageous at times when you're not going to want to be. And usually you add those two things together, being interesting and courageous. You land yeah. up in a good place. I found a good opening line is who'd you vote for? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good closing line, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quickest date ever. <laughs> I mean, oh gosh, I can't even tell you how much I, I find that to be um, so important. Do you? Yeah. And the, the, you'll be in line with whoever you meet while you're doing you is interested in the same thing. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's almost like if I'm trying to be something else. And that's not me. And someone's attracted to me. They're actually not attracted to me. Right. They're attracted to who mm -hmm. I'm trying to be. Right. So yeah, do what you like. Do the things that you love. You know, I, I'm, I'm getting ready to uh, take a cooking class. You know. Oh, okay. Um, because I like, I love cooking. Yeah. Oh, man, I'd love to lead a girl that also likes to cook. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that would be dope. Yeah. Um, and but so, it yeah, takes some I, effort to yes, do that, right? Like, absolutely. And I think that's the other thing too, right? It's like everyone knows that it takes a little bit of effort to date. But it also takes effort to you to get up off your butt and go out and create the life that you want to live. Yeah. You know, you got to sign up for the cooking class and yeah. you're not going to know anyone in the yeah. cooking class, but probably neither does anyone else. Right. Just go in and enjoy it and have a great time. Right. And so you end up kind of recreating yourself yeah. and starting to build this life that you wanted in the past, but you didn't know how to do. And you probably end up meeting someone as well. I, I've not met anybody watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Never <laughs> found them in my fridge either. I was like, damn, really hard, <laughs> I've been watching this Netflix for seven weeks. I've not met anybody. It's because you were watching the Christmas Chronicles when I came in here. Kurt Russell ain't bringing them to the yard anymore. <laughs> Any tips you guys think on, on uh, some things to kind of keep in mind for those that are single, maybe listening to this? That, I know we have married people too. That but. could be enough for a different three-hour podcast. Uh, no, I mean, what I what I've always called it is don't be a boyfriend slash girlfriend chameleon. Don't just cater yourself to who you're with. Uh, and I'm throwing her I'm throwing her under the bus. Not that she's ever going to fucking listen to this. My ex wife has done that now. You know, it, it, now that her husband likes cars, she's suddenly interested in cars, and he <laughs> likes going to drag races, and she likes going to drag races. She, he goes to heavy metal concerts, and she's going to heavy metal concerts. I'm like, who the fuck are you? This is not the person that I met back in high school and that I eventually married, but she's just catering, catering herself to be what he wants. And that's so disingenuous. And we've all been there with women we've dated. And again, we're all guys here. So I'm going to say women where they've kind of catered themselves to what they think we want. And I don't like that. And I think one of the things that makes uh, Sarah and I work, like I, I do uh, play by play for a local college in their basketball team. Well, she doesn't give a flying shit about sports. She's not tuning in to listen to me call a basketball game. <laughs> I actually respect the hell out of that. She doesn't care. She's got better things to do. Okay, yeah. cool. Go do them. I'm, I've had people previous. So like, oh, I listen to your game tonight. Why? You didn't go to the school and you don't give a shit about basketball. Why do you care? <laughs> yeah. And I get it to try and be supportive, but don't sure. try and be something you're not. And I, so many times in my almost decade of dating, just don't try and be something you're not. They're either going to like you for who you are or fuck them. Yeah. You know, tell them to go some, tell them to go fly a kite because so much of this online dating world is pretending, you know, I I'm using every filter that Snapchat has. Oddly enough, women don't actually have dog ears. If you can believe that. <laughs> That's so fucked up, but it's on all of their profiles, isn't it? Yeah. They, you don't have dog ears. So, you know, don't be fake on your pictures, fairly represent yourself online and let people like you for who you actually are. If you can do that, you're going to find the person that you're supposed to be with. But if you're feeding them a bunch of bullshit, don't be shocked when they, you know, suddenly feel like, Hey, you're, you did not fairly represent yourself. Yeah. So yeah, no, keep it real. That's, yeah. that's my advice. Keep it real. Steve, do you have anything to add? Oh Water crap. Holes? We went dating yeah. advice for me. <laughs> <laughs> On second thought. <laughs> Carry lock picks. <laughs> Don't you go chase some waterfalls out there. <laughs> You're like, this is the, I'm going to pick your car hire. Use this yeah. sort of pick up line, don't you? But yeah, no, you know, the, the thing is, here's what I, here's what I've seen just from like being out there dating is don't be fucking miserable. You know? <laughs> yeah. Jaded yeah. and all. Jaded. Here's yeah. the thing, I'm out there and you know, lots of people have called me lots and lots of things, you know, but nobody's called me miserable, not happy. You know, because I, I I date, you know, I, I date to hopefully meet somebody to enhance my life, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and since since I look at it that way, you know, I can take my time and get to know people one at a time because, you know, that's that's something I'm comfortable with. So, you know, that's the other thing. Do what you're comfortable with. You know, if you, if you got a, if you're comfortable with a spreadsheet with 150 chicks and, you know, you got <laughs> names and where you met them and how many kids they have, what, you know, that, great. You know, I hope I wish you the luck and it's not the way I'm comfortable with, you know, yeah. 
but you know, I mean, as, as Lance said, you know, I mean, get out there and do stuff. You know, it's funny you said sewing. I took a knitting class. <laughs> no, did you? <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, cool. yeah. The, the, didn't meet anyone. And I can't knit, but I mean. <laughs> The people I met were really cool. Yeah. And actually, they know people. Yeah. That's the thing. You plus, yeah. plus, that's so kind of awkward, but it's kind of cool, right? Like, oh, nobody yeah. does a knitting class. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's going to be like, what? Tell yeah. me, what are you doing in knitting class? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you guys can't see me, but I'm like a six-foot-one former iron worker. You know, I'm, I'm not the typical <laughs> right. guy you see in a knitting store. But, <laughs> right. you know, the thing is, you know, I didn't meet anyone there, but I met someone who knew someone. And, you oh, know, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and, you know, and a lot of people – are going to disagree with me here. I, and this is probably cause I do it online. So I'm not, I'm not doing three first dates a week. You know, I, I like to treat them on the first date. I like, you know, I, I don't take them straight to, you know, a high end restaurant. I'll start with happy hour. And if it's going well, I'll say, Hey, let's roll this into dinner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but see your situation's different though, because you're not yes. doing it online. No, so no. you already, so I'm when you meet someone life. in real life, That's you, right. yes. you've already broken through kind of a layer two or three, Exactly. but online, exactly. but the layer one on online makes it all different. So yeah, you're right. You can go straight to dinner on yeah. something like that. Cause you know, you've already probably made a connection with them. Absolutely. And you can have much better conversations. I hate coffee dates. I hate coffee dates. Right. Man. I, you know, I can only, I feel like I should just write out all the questions from the Cosmo <laughs> articles, email them beforehand. Yeah. And then if that goes good, maybe we go to dinner. But, I, you know, coffee dates, I drink coffee. I drink it fast. 20 minutes later, I'm sitting there with an empty cup of coffee going, when the fuck is this going to be done? You know, I, mm -hmm. I feel like I should have a resume and a screenplay to try to sell them. But, <laughs> no, I mean, just the thing is, have fun. You know, I mean, if you're not happy by yourself, you're not going to be happy in a fucking relationship. No, no one's no. going to fucking complete your ass. I already no, tried that. Right. I think I think a lot of people that got married young got divorced. I think we were trying that. and We found out we can't make someone else happy, but we can sure the hell make both of us miserable. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the truth. Yes. Yeah, some. gosh. I mean, that's that's that brings up such a good point. I mean, I, I think that, you know, the people, the girls that I've met in my world, you know, yeah. where I've. I've, they're a fellow wedding vendor or it's, you know, I've met them in mm -hmm. real life. They've kind of already got past that point. Cause if, for me, the reason I do a coffee is because I'm meeting you online. I have no fucking idea right. if you look even remotely like this fucking picture. Right. And so for me to meet for something casual where there's really not any money being spent, that's just me going um, do I want to now take you to dinner? Do do I want to go further with this? Because let's just, for me, I don't, I can't really learn something about someone through text. It's, it's when now I, I there have been some girls that I've texted a little bit and I say, Hey, let's, can we do FaceTime or talk on the phone? Yeah. And, and now that's good. There was a girl actually recently. I, I, we Matt and we talked, well, it's actually, she called me out on the, so on the dating oh, yeah. site that I run, oh. kind of one of my rules is I don't date within the group. I'm the host of the group. I don't yeah. date within it. Well, plus I started it when I was married. So anyway, mm. so for me, it, you know, I just run the site. Well, I posted from that movie, uh, holiday from Netflix. I watched that movie. It was so cute. And I thought, Oh, that's yeah. a neat idea. So I posted a holiday and I said, Hey, let's call people out that you're interested in. I said, there's 3,500 people in this group call someone out, tag them in this post. Yeah. I give you permission well, to cool. do it. Yeah. That has what 400 comments on it now. 
and only four of us called someone out by name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, to be fair, so, so Lance is shooting yeah. shot. <laughs> so, so I said, hey, call someone out. I said, and feel free that if you don't want to call them out publicly, you can DM slip them. into their DMs. Yeah. Yeah. Slip into and the the DMs. I said, I said, and use this post as the permission. Like yeah. you say, hey, this guy told yeah. me to do this. Sorry. Yeah. And so I had a girl call me out in a DM. Oh uh, yeah, and I was like, "Well, damn!" I was like, "Good for her." So she she called me out in a DM. She said, "Well, you're the one." And anyway, so we had a date. It was a great date. But her and I talked for four hours on the phone one night, and then the next night we talked two hours. Wow. So so that was a little different story mm-hmm. because then when we met and we met at the Nelson, totally. we did we, we it was a different date yeah. because we had talked so much. Plus, you know, I had actually met her earlier when I was married. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't really remember meeting each other, but she came to some mm-hmm. of the events. So there was a little bit more familiarity, right? Yeah. You know, there. And uh, so that's different. But man, until I meet you, uh, like we gotta meet. We gotta meet. Oh, like I, absolutely. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I just I don't understand the let's chat. There's so for many weeks. variables that go into attraction. Oh my god. Right. I mean, you know, I I have a type, and yeah, even though I find another girl attractive, like she's just not my type. So. It's not gonna be someone that I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, and there's personality and there, you know, style is important to me. And, and, you know, can we, uh, you know, have a little bit of intellectual foreplay, you know, all those things are just super important to me. And you can't, you don't know that unless you kind of get together and have a little bit of a conversation and know kind of what the dynamics can the girl banter back and forth. I mean, it's funny, this is shallow, but it was like a little bit of a rule of mine. I would uh, start, I'd match up with somebody and we'd, and we'd use the app and you, and it was usually clunky because they just, none of them are good. Right. So I'd immediately kind of say like, you know, Hey, do you want a text or something? If they said, ah, I'm not really comfortable giving my number yet. That to me, weird as it was, I was out. And it yeah. was only because again, probably was totally wrong on what I was, you know, this me stereotyping. But to me, it was just like, you know, if you're not really comfortable giving me your number, like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm a, it's a lot to handle sometimes. And I'm going to ask some stuff that are just way out there. <laughs> yeah. If you can't be comfortable, give me your phone number. Yeah. Like this probably isn't going to work, but yeah. it was just a real quick early read for me to kind of say, I don't know that you're probably kind of, you know, reticent. You want to hold back and something so simple as this, like I'm not going to stalk you. And you know, right. you can just block me. It's not that big of a deal to give me your number. Why? You know, right. I was like, I'm out. And yeah. so just something simple like that could just turn me off real quickly. Yeah. No, I was, I'm the same way. There's, there's a lot of things that, that they'll say one thing. And I'm like, no, no, clearly. Right. No. Like, I don't know if I want to meet anybody, but I'm like, what the fuck are you doing on here then? Right. You know, like, right. I, like, well, I'd rather get to know you online for a while. I'm like, nope. Nope, nope, nope. I've got nope. 58 podcasts out yeah, there. Like, yeah. Go listen to oh, them. Yeah, fucking you, get, you get all the Timmy Gibson you want. Man, oh my God. But that's so true. It's like I can invest time online with you and in person. It's a no the second I meet you. Mm-hmm. So why would I want to waste yeah. a week or two weeks oh. or three weeks doing that? Right. Like, yeah, I'm so not in favor. That's online to me is it's a meeting for me. How I view it is we match, we meet, we exchange, we meet in yeah. person. Yeah. It's not a let's fucking talk back and forth. What? Right. We're supposed to be dating, dating. I don't like online dating. It just doesn't. I'm 51. That's probably I just don't get it. 
What, yeah, one thing it. that I, I don't know if you guys have this dynamic. I don't know. It's interesting you're talking. It makes me think you probably didn't. But I found myself at times, because we matched, I almost felt like there was this instant connection between us, even though we hadn't met up yet. Right. And it was all, then we'd get to meet up, right? And it was like, it's not that I'm just matching up with, you know, 10, 12 people every night. So, I mean, you know, every few I'd match up and it was a like, okay, sweet. I got a match. I'd get excited about it. You know, it's not like I'm sitting there juggling. I don't got a spreadsheet, you know, David. So, you know, I don't know what the dynamics of doing that are, but, but then I found myself when I would meet up with the person because we had a little bit of conversation enough to think, let's go have coffee. And it didn't go as well. I felt myself kind of trying to force the connection in a weird way. But if I had met him out, Mm-hmm. I would have just probably talked to him and thought, eh, nope. not happening, yeah. and just went on my merry way. But there's something about that that pseudo quote unquote connection you make online because you quote unquote matched that made me feel almost like there was more of a connection than there really was yeah. in real life. Oh, each time that thing says match, I get a boner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I'm a, I'm a hopeless romantic, you know. So for me. You know, the, the whole idea of why I even do online, you know, people ask me, why do you even do it? You meet enough people. And I do. As a matter of fact, I get more dates from real life than mm-hmm. I even do online. But for me, the thought is if I'm on there, then she's, she's on, there. on there. Right. Yeah. So that's my justification is yeah. just as I'm on there reluctantly, then maybe she's on there reluctantly and she'll see me and be like, yep. And I'll see her and yep. You know what I mean? That kind of yeah. thing. And I actually funny, Kyle, I actually do read the profile. I really do. Mm-hmm. Now, some girls are so hot. I'm just like, I don't care what. But most of the time, <laughs> how it works for me is I will do an instant. I won't read the bro. If the picture doesn't do it for me, it's a left. I don't even read anything. It's left. I don't <laughs> yeah, exactly. I but if it's, if I'm like, Ooh, I would swipe right on her. Then I scroll and go yeah. read, read, read. Because if, I want to make sure, like, oh, she's no. And you want a little bit of something, ammunition going into the conversation, yes, right? Yes. Like it's an easy, uh, you know, catalyst just to say, like, oh, you tell me about your dog name, you know, what's your favorite right. p word? Yeah, <laughs> right, right, exactly, you know, or whatever. I mean, it just to me, it was just an easy conversation starter because you at least then had something. And I had a best friend that we were real close, and she was very attractive. Had lots of guys always. I mean, her her DMs were, you know, lots of girls. And um, they say they're just loaded up, right? And people are like, hi, hey, hey, what's up, baby? Like, that's all they say, right? Like, literally, these guys. And, you know, she was saying, like, if anyone would just come out and have a little bit of a conversation to read my profile. So I took that to heart. So to me, it was if I am interested in this person, I wasn't just, hi, hey, babies, just to try to see who would talk yeah. back to me. I had an interest. I at least wanted them to know that, hey, I'd taken the time to read your profile, and I'm asking you something about the fact that what you put out there is your brand. Yeah, yeah. Um, something you said really made made sense to me. Whenever there's some, there's some, oh, how can I put this? whenever you meet someone and you're trying to connect with them and you're trying to find out what they're interested in, you know, mm-hmm. what are you interested in? <laughs> they're like, my hobby is Netflix <laughs> or online dating. Yeah, don't be you boring. Know. Yeah. All right. But, but it is, I do look at the profile because I'm trying to find, Oh, mm-hmm. if there's something in there, like, Oh, they, they, they like Pomeranians. Well, I have Pomeranians. And so I look at the profile really more for ammunition to find. Yeah. Yeah. What, how can I spark this over rather than, Hey baby, you're hot. I, right. mean, I would never fucking say that. Right. Uh, you know, I might think that, but I wouldn't right. say that, you know, so I try to look for something in the profile that can start a conversation. Right. 
uh, rather than hi, hey, are you in Kansas? I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And let's be honest, I mean, doing? they're hot, but it's only going to last for a short while, right? right? If you're really looking for a relationship, you want this person or Steve to be interesting. Oh yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the, I think well, that's how they do it on like NFL Today, right? Phil, do you want this person? And then Phil takes it, right? I <laughs> just threw it to Steve, and he, he no, kind of no. was over there bobbling. He didn't know what to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I am the amateur. I've never, I've never, I've never been a preacher or a podcaster. It's a good, but you know, here's what I'm going to say. Okay, here's what I'm going to say. And here, here's why I hate. Hate, hate online and I won't do it. All right. All right. I, I, I'm a romantic. All right. I, I really am. All right. And I really hate to think someday, 30 years down the line, you know, my grandkids are going to come to me and say, <laughs> How'd you and grandma yeah, me? me? I would much rather say I was a cooking lesson or tell a funny story yeah. about how I went to knitting class because I was a little fucked in the head <laughs> right. than say, Man, I was sitting on the shitter at work right. looking for some strains this weekend. <laughs> I mean, think about think about that. We have an entire generation of the shittiest rom coms ever coming. Yeah, I was at Bonita Flats, and when I saw your grandma swinging on that pole, I was that's actually a good story. I know. I was just gonna say. Okay, so I have to make a confession here because this is fun. So you know, I was married twenty five years to the same wonderful woman, really. And when when I got divorced, there was something I I had really never done. And that was going to a strip club. I had gone one time. This is how religious I was. I had one time went to Hooters. Ooh. One time. And I felt guilty about it. Hooters strip club. <laughs> so I, I actually went to a strip club. and Did you was, go to Benita's? Yeah, I did. Dude, that's a hell of a plug for Benita's. I can't believe anyone else knows that place. Yes. Yes, Benita's. I, I, so I went. I was surprised. It was actually. It was. I use the word underwhelming, not because the girls weren't beautiful. It was underwhelming in the sense of I was like, oh, like this, this isn't all that bad. Like yeah. they're wearing. It, they're not like swinging they're like naked wearing, from the chandelier. No, it's no. Like they're wearing a bikini yeah. and they're dancing and doing cool tricks on the thing. And then they're talking yeah. to you. And you should probably be more impressed by their athleticism. On I the was. Than what they were I wearing. Was. <laughs> I really there. Some of them, like they were really actually good at dancing. Yeah. And now granted, I mean, you know, the lights are nearly blacked out. I mean, you can barely see. So everybody looked really, really good. Um, but I was just, I was super surprised. I felt the same way when I went to Amsterdam and I was walking down the red light district. I thought it was going to be sleazy. Like mm -hmm. I was going to see, you know, needles in the, like it was just going to be what it was actually, it's like walking down the plaza, mm -hmm. <laughs> except rather than the storefront, you had the girls and they were gorgeous. I was shocked. I was like, I need to get out more. Like I'm just, you know, I'd come I, to I the plaza more that. if we could yeah. switch things up a little bit. <laughs> we could bring plaza right back. Oh, into the shit, man. Oh my gosh. Have you ever been to a strip club? I have a long time ago. And yeah, it was unremarkable to me. I yeah. was like, what's the big deal? I think I've, you know, probably when I was younger, I, there was one out in by Nolan Road, Lone Town. What's the, I don't know, there was some little town out there that, but um, it was like the only thing in that little town was a strip, strip club. And, yeah. and I went there once and yeah, felt bad about it. And yeah, and then, and then I was kind of like, then later I was like, 
I don't, I don't see what the big deal about this is, you know, yeah. but, and never just really found an interest in it. Yeah. What about you? Have you ever been a strip club? A couple times. I mean, honestly, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a young guy and I grew up in the age of the internet. I can get sexually frustrated from the comfort of my home, own home for free. <laughs> <laughs> sexual gratification, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Nope, no sexual frustration. Just, <laughs> yeah. you know, but yeah, I got nothing against them, you know? Yeah. I mean, and if, you know, if a bunch of guys are going, I might tag along. But I don't, Wait, didn't we go to a strip club for Dale's bachelor party? I can't remember. I bet you don't. I was his best man. I definitely don't remember. I'm pretty sure we did. Okay, yeah, I uh, went to a strip club for Dale's bachelor. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we ended up at one. I, my friend always, when he goes, he'll say, "Man, I bought the equivalent of a PlayStation today." Yeah. <laughs> oh, you you can drop some yeah, money quick yeah. in there if you're not careful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've seen guys blow god, oh, god yeah. ungodly amounts of money there. Yeah. And it's bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's like it, it costs to date, it costs to do anything. But mm -hmm. for me, the the potential, right? I, I'd rather invest my money in something that would be oh. more of a potential than just sheer. And knowing the blue girls have and, no interest in you. No, I mean, it's, it's the all same fake. It's all know? fake. It's We're like going, about they loved me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but again, you know, kind of going back to what we said earlier, that's the same thing I feel like about bartenders, right? Like, more you walk up to a bar, they're you know, the girl's going to be nice to oh, you. Of course, she's not. But if you have an interest in it, then show up and be a local to her. You know, yep. get over there on a Monday or Tuesday night and sit and have a drink and Absolutely. don't be weird. Bail out, come back a few nights later. Yep. Be not, you know, then you strike, then you it's just like going, then you're just like back to natural, right? It's like mm -hmm. she yep. knows you, you know her, and you know, you just strike up something and you ask the girl out. But that just yeah, to do that at the strip club, I just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, it's, that would cost a way that too much. Would cost yeah, a yeah. Lot. Yeah. I think part of part of what we've all said, I think that having courage. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I, I remember I, I met a girl at uh, Trader Joe's. Uh, I've actually met a couple girls at Trader Joe's, believe it or not. Um, but I was, at, I, was at, I was at Trader Joe's walking down an aisle, and there was this girl that was just so attractive. When I walked by her, I just had this thought. I was like, man, she's beautiful. And I was like, you know what? You're single now. Like, go tell her. Yeah. You know, but don't be creepy, but do it. Right. And so I did. I, I actually, I, I played, the, I ended up playing us out decent. So I walked by her and I said, I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm not trying to be weird. I said, but you are stunning. She's like, oh my God, thank you. And I said, yeah, I said, that's, that's it. That's all I want to tell you, you know? And I left, right? And Timmy turns around, walks into the limes. <laughs> they go everywhere. <laughs> so long story short, I told myself, I've said, if I'm checking out and she's checking out and we're going to be out this is God's together, will. It is Jesus speaking. To Jesus me. speaking. Oh, Jesus so, do it for and, you? <laughs> so, so she was in the checkout when I was in the checkout. So we uh -oh. pushed our carts out and I was like, this is it. This is my time. Yeah. I walked You've over got to, her, to. And I You've said, got yes. to. Say, right? Because here's my thought. What if she, what, what if she is? Yeah. So I walked over to her. I said, and if she, if it goes bad, you're never going to see her again. No, uh -huh. it doesn't matter. I, I, I don't care. Rejection exactly. doesn't bother me. No, no. And I Isn't asked it? her for her number or no. I said, Hey, I go, I'm going to give you my number. I said, I said, you really are beautiful. I said, I'd love to take you out. And she goes, I'll, she goes, you know what? She goes, or no, at first I said, are you single? She said yes, and the way she said, it, I was like, "Oh, damn!" No, oh, yeah, it's Timmy it's time. time. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, "Hey, I'm going to give you my number." She goes, "You know what?" She goes, "I'm going to give you my number." And I was like, "Okay." Okay. And so we went out. Mm -hmm. yeah, it was fun. So you just never know. Yeah, you mean you know what I tell guys is like it doesn't cost anything to shoot your shot. You know, I mean, go for it. You know, I mean, and don't you know? I've net first of all. Even if a woman says no, they're almost always flattered by it. Absolutely. If you're oh, they should be. Say, totally. Yeah. And the other thing is, I mean, like I said, it doesn't cost anything. All right. 
the only time it's ever cost me anything to shoot my shot, she said yes, and she got half my retirement and half the house. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, think about that. What's scarier? (laughs) Why are we scared they're going to say no? (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right, so so, uh, we're going to go on to another topic, come back here shortly and finish up, button this whole thing up. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. All right, now we're coming to this end of the series called Peckers, the first, first episode, night of, it, the yeah. first episode mm-hmm. of Peckers. And one of the things that I find most fascinating is the pyramids. You know, there's pyramids been, and there's, peckers. That's right. The that's pi- what we could call the podcast. <laughs> pyramids, pyramids and peckers. And peckers. <laughs> I find it fascinating. You know, the, the, I, there's something about the pyramids that are so unbelievably awesome. You know, the fact that we really couldn't duplicate it today and the fact that we don't even know how the fuck they did it. I find that extremely fascinating. So anybody else fascinated with the pyramids? Not nearly as much as you. (laughs) What do we all just say? No, is the podcast over? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much. Good night. (laughs) Good night. And we'll see you later. Peace out, everybody. (laughs) 